everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? You feeling better, Matt? Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't say 100, percent but I'm on the upswing. Yeah, turn, turn turns out. out. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. You can. Oh well, yeah, it turned out I had strep throat. And didn't know it. So, <laughs> yay! Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, and Connor's here too. I am, I am. I'm struggling with hay fever this week. Oh. Strep throat had a face, it would be Connor's. <laughs> Someone get the violin right. for Connor, he's got a bit of hay fever. Oh, hay fever is crippling. <laughs> it can be. Sometimes you're so much like Michael Scott, it's fascinating. <laughs> Oh, seriously, sometimes with hay fever, you know, I can't see because, you know, I, I, you know my, my eyes will all get all puffy and I'll be just blind and just choked up from it all. And it's it's horrible. You ever do a sinus rinse? No, they're, it doesn't help. They're terrible. But, uh, yeah, you, you take the, the water bottle yeah. and, and squeeze the saline up into there. Yeah. Uh, any other health concerns anyone wants to share, they can do that. They can get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. We're happy to diagnose anything to the best of our ability. None of us are trained medical uh, practitioners, though, so I wouldn't recommend no, it. But I've been banned from Googling symptoms by my wife because <laughs> it turns up to cancer. Uh, I, I, so... I, I had to do that for my girlfriend. I had to ban her from Googling the symptoms because yeah. every time she just jumps to the worst. Yeah, because like, ever since cancer. It. It's not that. You've got a cold. Uh, every, yeah. Everything literally could be a symptom of cancer. Just accept it. We can move yeah, on. Like, lives. Yeah, yeah, they go. Oh, yeah, yeah, this causes cancer. That causes cancer. Yeah, the, the latest one is you know eating bacon causes cancer. I'm like, forget it. I'll take the cancer. I'm giving <laughs> up my bacon. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so we do that with DC Comics. That's what we do here. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we have Justice League number one. We get Man of Steel number two. We get Batman forty eight. Batman Prelude to the Wedding. Nightwing versus Hush number one. Green Lantern's 48, Nightwing 45, Green Arrow 41, Deathstroke 32, and unfortunately the Wonder Woman Annual number 2. Um, so that is all the books that are coming up this week. Connor's got a week off from his, his Red Hood. That's, uh, he decided not to do either of his uh, Connor's Corner stuff this week. He's leaving I it until later in the month. It, it did happen that the, the lighter weeks fall later in the month anyway, so it lined up nicely. If this had been the lightest week, I might have had to. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I really need a week off after that, that month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, no, I, I get it, I get it. Now, there was no news this week, not really. There was a little tid, couple of tidbits here or there on Twitter. You know, Bendis mentioned the question was going to show up in Action Comics, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that. Uh, who is the new Batman or Superman group editor? Uh, Brian Cunningham. Brian, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, we've been, it's been kind of in limbo ever since uh, Briganzia got fired, but, uh, you know, here, here we are. So we finally got someone. That's nice. Yeah. He's been doing some film work as the editor over those past few months. So yeah. we should, I mean, we should probably... I mean, even though it's kind of higher up and it's not just about comics, I mean, the, the president of like DC as a whole is leaving. Uh, yeah. And I know Matt's putting putting money on Jeff Johns getting the job. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's not out of the realms of possibility. It's not. No, and someone mentioned how would that make uh, DDO and Lee feel... But I don't think they would care. They all seem pretty close knit as is now, so you know if that's the only holdup. I don't think they should worry. They, but they, you look at. I don't think anybody loves DC as much as Jeff Johns, so I think he's oh a, yeah. a fit on the emotional scale. Anyways. I think 
Um, what what happen if that happens is that Doomsday Clock will probably be the last thing he writes for a long, long time if he ends up yeah. being president. Yeah. And then secondly, it does mean that the movies may actually get properly fixed <laughs> with him actually in a position well, of power for a change. You you look what he's done to TV and like say what you will about like Arrow. Uh, <laughs> most people seem to enjoy Flash and Supergirl, and I know people that like Gotham for whatever reason. So under under his tutelage is the what is he COO? No CCO, CCO. Chief Creative. Yeah, yeah. As you know, he's they've kind of flourished on the TV side. So yeah, you, you didn't even mention on, on Legends of Krypton. They're probably the two best currently. Yeah, yeah. and and on that we got all the upcoming shows with the you know the the DC Universe yeah. streaming yeah, service. Swamp which, Thing, Doom Patrol, Titans. Yeah, and obviously we got we got rumors this week that okay we're we're looking at a late August launch, which if true we can probably expect an announcement at Comic Con. Comic Con, yeah. Um, actually there was a there was a set photo from Titans this week. No, or no, a better I'm, one. Sorry. Is it a better one? Well, there was no characters in it, but what was more notable, the, you know, what was there in the set in the background? Oh. It was a bat signal on the, on the roof of the GCPD. Interesting. Mm, cool. Um, do, do we see a bat, or, do, or is it just, I don't know, Robin's hanging out <laughs> well, <laughs> the I mean, bat signal? Robin exists, so yeah. therefore, you know, there, there is a yeah. bat. I don't know. This yeah, is but cool. even if it's Gordon, if we get a TV version of Gordon, that'd be cool. Or, or Bullock, you I know? Mean, we, we, we not counting Gotham, Connor. Yes, I'm not counting those. Although <laughs> that's, that's a shame because the... Bullock is fantastic. Oh, Bullock's yeah. great. Yeah, but I mean, he's uh, what's his name? Donald Logue. He is a fantastic actor that got wasted on a garbage show. He is perfect that... for Bullock. Yeah. Granted, I haven't seen past three episodes, uh, but those three episodes were dreadful. I got, yeah, I got, I saw about eight. I got to four or five. Can't recommend it. After Balloon Man, I had to just opt out. Uh, Actually, knowing that there was no news and wanting some small talk to get it started here, I, put, I just put it on Twitter a couple hours ago. I said, "Hey, anyone want to ask us a question? We'll talk. We'll talk about a question. We'll answer it." Uh, I got two specific responses. One that is not related to the show, but I'm going to say it anyway, just just for Matt's reaction. Right, Scott, it's so terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, at Susie TV said, "How is Matt coping with the Golden Knights loss?" Not, not well. Um, I threatened my TV. My wife came and took the remote from me, so I couldn't throw it. You, um, you, you can see his cap has changed. It, it has, and that's out of respect. Uh, the season's over. I went and got a shave. Uh, so, playoff beard's gone. More of a trim more, more a shave. Of a trim, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to take it all the way, but I, I like having a beard. And um, turns out I can get a haircut and a beard trim for the same price as a straight razor shave. Uh, so, I went with the haircut and the, the beard trim. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's a hell of a season, so, uh, no expansion team. I mean, we, we won a game. I say we, like, I'm on the team, but I do have a jersey with my name on it, therefore I'm on the team. Uh, that's how it works. I'm so glad that Matt's new obsession with hockey has, has become a subplot of this podcast. It's, it's not a new, it's a new old obsession because I came up with the Mighty Ducks movies, Therefore, I was a Mighty Ducks of Anaheim fan. And then they had this lockout in like 0405. And I was going like, oh, well, the owners are going to be shitty. Lock the players out because they want to change things for like health reasons. Uh, I'm out. And then we got our own team. And I'm right back in. So, uh, and, it, and it felt nice. Uh, the, the loss was tough. We did win a, a Stanley Cup uh, final game, which only expansion team, I think, to do that. Because I think... 
the Blues in their season they went. They were the last expansion team to do what we did. They got swept uh, in four games, so they didn't win one. We did. So that's good. Looking forward to next season. But, yeah, it, it was rough. It was sad times on Thursday night here. Matt said a lot of things there. I barely understood any of it. And that's all right. Sorry, I, people, I got people, it all. Don't worry. Don't but, uh, we can continue some sports talk next yep. week because the the football world cup starts. Oh god, yeah. no! Oh no, that's banned from the show. No, I'll, oh. I'll even if you make me sit through it, I'll edit it all out. So, so Connor, I know every English person roots for England and another team because England's bound to get knocked out. So, who is your your second team? Do you know I don't root for a second team. I just like to. Okay. Uh, my, football is something I don't watch that often because. Yeah. I, I can't sit through a full season because the teams settle into a groove really quickly. Yeah, They all play with each other week in, week out, and you know I know what to expect from a team, how they're going to play. Whereas uh-huh. with the World Cup, because it's obviously, you know, everyone comes together. They don't, they don't typically play as a team that often. It's a right. bit more haphazard. You know, they're, they're learning how to play together, and it's a bit more mm-hmm. interesting, a bit more raw because of it. And I, I always like that. So it's why I, why I watch the, the international tournaments. So boring, okay. so boring. If anybody had any doubts... I'm rooting for Iceland. They do a Viking clap. Oh, that clap is so good. <laughs> it's so good. That, so, that was the, the best thing about the, the last tournament, the, the, the World Cup last time. Yeah. It was oh that clap took it by storm is phenomenal. If, if you haven't heard it, just uh, Google Icelandic clap. You won't regret it. I'm so sorry, like everyone. A, I'm like so sorry. TV. Yeah, the, it's, it's called the, the thunder clap. There you go. So, of course, that, that's what I'm rooting for. And, and, I, and I said this to a friend, and he took a bit of offense to it, and I meant none, but... I like when the World Cup's on because in the summer I work earlier shift and I can come home and nap and put World Cup games on and it's just a constant drone. So it's yeah. easy to nap to. Like, oh, I agree with that. You know, there's no commercials that are going to get loud and wake me up because it's a solid, you know, what, what, are, what are the, yeah, 45. So, you know, it's nice to nap to. The, the last World Cup was in, where is that at? Four years uh, ago. Brazil? Brazil, yeah, I think it was. yeah. So they were on at, at decent hours, so afternoon. The South Africa one, though, good napping times because the mm. late games were on right as I would be taking a nap from work. So yeah. I heard a lot of Uvuzela. Russia nap- this year, so we're on you know, European yep. Central time. So it should be pretty good for you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Pete. Do we have another question? This is mind-numbing. For the record, as long as England don't win, because I like the tears fill me with joy. They feed me. They're never gonna win. The they feel me. A Scotsman. It's, it, it's feel always me. funny that I tried to get into tennis years and years ago. Uh, Andy Murray was on his hot streak then, and I remember reading this this comment from someone that was like, "The Brits only want to claim Andy Murray when he's winning. When he's losing, he's just Scottish. When he's winning, he's British." It's so true. And that and that kills me because Pete. That's he's like I just don't want England to win. <laughs> yeah, England yeah. losing f- f- fuels me. It's fine. Uh, got, uh, England got a really young team. Like uh, I think they've got the the youngest team overall at the at the entire World Cup. So probably you know they haven't got really got the experience to back it up at a major tournament like this. So yeah, they need back, back for the curfew. They, they've got a curfew. Every, they get back yeah. home. Yeah. Everyone thought that the US just didn't make it, but we're our, our team took a stance and we're not going to Russia. So that's mm-hmm. everyone thinks they didn't qualify, but that wasn't it. No, they just played real bad. I'm putting an so. end to this right now because nothing bores the shit out of me more than football talk. And quite frankly, I feel like the vast majority of our audience are probably equally I, bored. I think, I think next week there'll actually be a game on while we're recording, so I'll probably have it on on the other screen. So I'll give you some live updates. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> just no. Give us another question. 
Nothing, nothing bores the shit out of me more than this talk. I, I shit you not. Uh, I, I, will, I will take ice hockey talk over football every day of the week. That's because oh, you don't understand just... ice hockey talk. You can just ignore it. Whereas football, you, you understand what I'm saying. No, no, no. I understand I ice hockey you... talk well enough. You, you hit the pocket of the net. It's easy. Pete, you've seen all three Mighty Ducks movies, right? I have indeed. I have indeed. Ducks fly together. That's right. So there you go. That's really all you need for hockey basics. Yeah. So... That's why real ice hockey is kind of boring. There's no flying Vs or... Uh... The knuckle shuffle or whatever, like all, all the, the fancy core moves. There's the John Cena does not play. Well, he might play hockey, so I'm not gonna say that. So that man does everything. Oh, the knuckle puck, whatever he calls it, Ed Keenan from Keenan yeah. the Kills move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the knuckle puck. So when he gets the puck on its side and then hits it and it's like flips around to. Go. As a kid playing roller hockey in the street, it does not work like that. I was very disappointed. I, I am sure it does. Never tried it. I'm, I'm, I'm fully confident that. Yeah. Yes, we got a proper question though. A proper question from uh, 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 Talking Superman. Um, are there any DC villains you think should switch to to hero? And there, are there any heroes you think would be interesting to see switch to villain? So the first one's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Is no, we've had enough to it already. I don't yes, need any more. Yes, villains to heroes, there's been too many recently, we don't need any more. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That, that said, I, there is a story, like, with the rogues, where one that you wouldn't expect tries to go straight. So we've had Cold, right? We've had Top, but he was more brainwashed than anything. You've had Piper, but I would like to see, like, Mirror Master try to go straight, because he's probably the most criminal of them all, mm. and it just fails horribly. Like, not a long-term thing. Just like maybe over an arc, he just tries to be a good guy, and it just doesn't work. Now, hero to villains are interesting propositions. You don't see that yeah. as often, because they typically don't like to take a hero and make them into a villain. In every Batman book I read, he's the villain. <laughs> yeah, what was the last major time that happened? Was it, was it Hal? Because obviously Hal had his extended period. Um, huh? I don't know. I don't know. I guess, do, you, I mean, do you count the mechanical parts of Cyborg becoming red? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm going to be... I mean, my quick, jokey, cynical answer would be to pick a character I don't like just so they become evil and then I can like watch the good guys beat the shit out of them. Like, but that's not really a proper answer to this. It's like, no. is there a story potential? Is there someone I could see going villainous? And it wouldn't piss me off because I'd be like, oh no, I can see the potential of them going to the dark side. Do you can't uh, Harley as a hero. <laughs> what was that? No, I missed that. Do you, do you count Harley Quinn as a hero? Because her actually do embracing the dark side could be fun. I feel like counting a, a villain who's became a hero and then going back is not necessarily the it's interesting. It's a cheap answer, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I think all of it, it depends. I, I can see the potential with almost anyone because it depends. What's what's the event, the tragedy that puts them over that edge, right? Or you know, what what is it that they think that they're making I mean, the right choice to do this that, to make this that's what the injustice comic book's all about though right yeah yeah, that's the very yeah. premise yeah. so so i'm trying to think of of the core justice league members aquaman would be cool as a villain like mm. he just doubles down yeah i go Atlantis. yeah screw the land i'm going all yeah in. and then he's like uh now i'm invading i know all of your weaknesses so that'd yeah, be cool that could be a thing yeah, no, uh, I agree with that. But like an unlikely one, it's it's more difficult. I think it's easier to do this with Marvel heroes because they're a little bit more shades of gray than what DC mm. can offer. Because like 
I think your sweet spot is like a D-lister who some people like, but he's not not, not necessarily loved, right? And yeah. maybe actually making him a villain would turn him into a more interesting character. Like, it would take a, a character that no one really loves or is overly passionate about, but it turns them we into call something. That, we call that the kite man principle. <laughs> you know? Because that's what uh, King's done, you know? Uh, no, I, I do agree with Matt on, you know, the, the idea that the... The Justice League, they're, they're essentially a pantheon of gods. Yeah. So it's hard to do the, the fallen god as, as easily and, and have it believable. I mean, we've had we've had Bad Superman, we've had Batman. And Batman's never really broke bad. He's His plans have numerous, numerous times. But Bruce himself has never really snapped. Diana, Diana would be cool. No, oh, Dad has definitely snapped a few things in her time. I, I think uh, well, Damien yeah, yeah. might be an interesting answer. If he, him embracing mm. the Al Ghul side. Yeah. And that cool. could be an interesting story. I think my only problem with that, though, is that they've, they've teased him choosing his lineage so often that I would be kind of like bored of the story before it happens. No, that's fair. But, you know, that, that's, that is a problem. But I can see the, the potential in the story still. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um... We we just kind of got out Tim Drake's. I don't want to say Tim, but Tim, fully becoming like evil Batman, would be cool. Like I do want that. I do want Tinian's Days of Future Bats story, like what went on in that time that led Tim to create this police state in Gotham, and Renee becomes the commissioner, and they have like that truce. Like that would be super cool. I want that story. I think mm-hmm. obviously you talked about Hal, but I think. The idea of a Green Lantern who goes evil, but doesn't be go, go evil because of any outside presence. It's just like motivation that does it. Well, yeah. So like, like we did yeah, with Sinestro, Sinestro, essentially. Okay, I guess yeah. So, yeah but he that was kind of always yeah. baked into his story, right? Right. It's been yeah, a well, long, he was, long time, but the the best thing about that, uh, the best description of Sinestro and Hal I've ever heard was Training Day in Space, where Sinestro is Denzel Washington's character, and Hal is Ethan Hawke. And as they're going about, they're, you're getting this this vibe like, yeah, he's a decent cop, but there's something sinister underneath. Yeah. And, you know, so it was always kind of there. Like, he was never the, really this heroic character. He had always abused his power. Yeah, so yeah, basically I'm saying Guy Gardner loses his temper and no, becomes a proper villain. No, because he has too big of a heart. Like, yeah, he has a temper, but I never see Guy becoming that mustache-twirling villain type you know like i think i think kyle could get you could get away with it with kyle because he's so sentimental right you know he, and if you know some it's a tragedy could really affect him in, in, in a way that, core war his yeah. mom his mom was killed by that sentient virus yeah and he became the second parallax so john john stewart that could be with the way his brain is i could see him as a luther type where he's like, I'm doing all this for the greater good. Mm, yeah. yeah. There's something to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting though, that one of the things we went to is like Robin, the idea of that, okay, the ones in the Justice League we can't really see it happening to, but some of the younger yeah. characters who maybe are a bit more, uh, you know... Impressionable. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe they could go down yeah. a dark path. Um, you know, just make Jason Todd a villain so we can kill him off. Let's do that. Not even kill him off. I liked it when he was Red Hood and he was just anti-Batman. He was like, I'm doing what you should be doing and stopping crime. Yeah, because he's still technically an anti-hero at that point. Mm. Yeah. But, it's, but he has so much he... more of an edge. Like, he's not like... 
Like, I don't want the Jason that looks up to Bruce. I want him going, F Bruce. He left me to die. I'm doing things my way. Yeah. And I feel like that was the best thing to come out of that Winnick run was that was that attitude out of Jason. I agree with that. No, okay. Those are just a talking point. Uh, so, with that said, though, we will probably get on to the books. We've got some big books to talk about this week. Um, it's a big time for DC. I feel like we've had big books to talk about every week for a while now. Uh, yeah. But here we are. So, we are going to start off with Justice League number one. Uh, Scott Snyder, Jim Chung on the art. Um, well, I guess, first of all, just if we liked it or not, it's probably the first place to start. How did people yeah. feel about it? So much, so much to talk about it. Like it's a heavy book. Like uh, I just straight up loved it. Uh, yeah, it got, I, I know. I knew I was into this from the second panel when it has the caption of uh, it's, you know eighty five thousand years from now on the second panel. I was like, okay, I'm I'm in for this. Because of right, who was in the panel, or just because of the concept of looking no, at just the, the concept in Snyder. Just you know, it it is just go big or go home. That's what he does, uh, and uh, you know when he does that at its best. That's that's his work is is his strongest. Yeah, he my there's my thing with my problem with Snyder is he sets the stakes so high, and then I never feel like there's a great resolution. Like look at what we just read, No Justice. Like the resolution was fine, but I feel like with the stakes that he had set up, it could have been better. That's fair, but I feel he's got a lot more time to play with this compared to you know No yeah, Justice. Yeah, yeah. We knew, okay, we got four issues, whereas this okay we can play with this yeah. over time. I always feel like. I like his beginnings more than his endings, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think there's some truth to that. Um, even just his Batman and run in general. The beginning, uh-huh. very, very good. By the time you get to the it, end, eh, not so it, much. It's funny, because uh, you know, he put out his first YouTube video this week, mm-hmm. and I've listened to about half of it. And it very much is talking about beginnings. Uh, that's the the focus of this video, is you know what what he tries to do in a beginning. And he says his, his aim, in, especially in opening line, but also in opening scene, is to is to set the aim for the entire story. It's to tell you what the story is about in the dialogue of that opening scene. It, you know, if you read into it, it should be there. So I think it's interesting to look at this opening page, especially uh, with that perspective, and see you know what 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 we think the the story is going to be about as a whole. Well, you instantly get the scope of it all. Like we already kind of have the scope from Metal with the Dark Multiverse, and then mm. and No Justice. And this just continues that scale that it goes from you know eighty five thousand years in the future to eighty five thousand years in the past, like yeah. you know it's this I, I, big I, huge I, thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I think what I got from this is it's you know about accepting and embracing the inevitable, right? You know that that's this thing is just it's there, and you know we have especially the the bottom panel where they're talking, you know, you know can we can we stop it? And they're like, no, we we just can't. It's not up to us. I think that'll be a large thematic oh. part of this run, so, especially given so what we did with Manhunter in this issue. Yeah, Pete, how'd you, how'd you feel? Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I I have some Snyder concerns about his exposition and maybe just throwing big ideas out there without really kind of building to them. Uh, yeah. so, sometimes with his with his big ideas, I feel like he throws them out. And I'm meant to just kind of accept them for what they are, as opposed to actually feeling like it builds to them. And I, I think there's potential going through the book that that could become a problem down the line. Right now, what I like about it is the focus uh, on John Jones. I like the stuff with Lex. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I like that it does feel big, although arguably at times it's too big. Um, Because I I, I do think there's a problem in comic books with superhero stories, where everything's the biggest threat ever, that's bigger than everything that's been before, and here we go again. It's the new biggest thing. But given that this is, you know, leading on from metal, and and this is the fallout from all that stuff, it makes sense to be big. Right? No, I get that, and you're getting this big grand Justice League, we haven't had a big grand Justice League in how long, you know? Uh, Yeah. Hmm. I feel like the whole point of that metal epilogue was, no, we're dealing with something even bigger than we thought, and then uh, and this is the the book that's delivering that. So I kind of feel like, of course, it's going to be huge. I know it makes sense. Like there's context for it in the story, but at the same time, metal, big dark thing we don't understand. No justice. This is even bigger. End of no justice. Oh, this is going to be even bigger in Justice League. So I mean, even in and of itself, those three things built and all, it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I, I think there's a, there's a risk of it just sort of just be get, becoming numb to it after a while. So okay, I, right. I get that, but like we just had two years of really small scope Justice League that. So I'm ready for something big. Personally. No, we didn't. One of the main complaints we had of Brian Hitch's Justice League is it was doing too many big things, just one after no, the other. No, but well, you know, but when I, what I say by but, that is, I mean, it had no weight to it. Where you know, it didn't. It felt yeah. even, even when I was reading it, even though it was a big idea, but it had nothing to it. Well, yeah, it was this, weightless, but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean it wasn't supposed to feel big, though. It was still supposed to feel like that. Ah, but that's the key thing. It's supposed to, but it didn't. Yeah. So it didn't feel big. At no point see, did it I, feel big. I feel like I'm on the midpoint between you two because I really like this issue, but I didn't love it. But I didn't love it for the reasons that Pete didn't either. Um, but the stuff that I loved were, you know, the like, what does this mean for the DCU now? Yeah. That the source walls broken open, and we see, you know, 85,000 years in the future, we see Morrison's Justice League 1 million, you know, like, yeah, we see the monitor. I think they're called the Justice Legion. Right? We see the monitor in the past. Yeah. We see Commandy 5,000 years in the future. Um, you get the quintessence, uh, which was a thing that came out of Kingdom Come. So, and, and for those that don't know, that's that's the panel with Canthet and Hera replacing Zeus because Zeus is dead. Uh, Phantom Stranger, Shazam, and who am I forgetting? There's there's five. Oh, High Father. Although High Father's supposed to be dead too. So like, is he? I don't know. New God stuff. They're they're. The new gods are starting to get to the speed force, where it's just like, okay, yeah, I don't need... That's not, that's not debate. Let's just leave it. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on with our lives. Um, no, uh, like, anyways, we get like, all these... I was going to say, yeah. I, I like that it is... It is saying, okay, it's going to be this big, but I think I think my feeling of skepticism with some of the, like, oh, it's the biggest thing ever, and like, like you know, it's spying all this in the Justice League. Um, I appreciate how ingrained it is in DC mythology. Like, you know, Snyder's pulling shit from all over the place here. He, he's 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 really embracing the history of the DCU, and I, I do love that. Um, but at the same time, this reminds me a little bit at the start of Hickman's Avengers. Uh oh. <laughs> Don't get too worried, Matt. Don't get too worried. But it's definitely going for a similar scope. It's going for a similar feeling to that. Carter's giving me this. Oh, really yeah, I, I, I never scared. read it, so I've got no opinion. Um, me neither. I I just. I remember our friend Stuart had done an, an like an explanation write up mm. of what was going on, and even with the explanation of what was going on, it still went over my head. So I don't feel like I feel Snyder is much more. He doesn't get as sciencey 
as oh sure like, or more when, when i say it remains so, but that, that's not a worry that it's going to read the same or it's going to like be the similar quality no. or whatever I, that, that's not what i'm getting at i i guess what i'm really getting at is that most big justice league and avenger stories ultimately have very big similarities almost no matter what yeah. right even, even what's going on in uh, aaron's avengers right now you've got these titan characters coming to to earth which is very similar to what we just had in no justice does yeah but uh, this is what i feel like <laughs> so i feel like with everything that's been going on at marvel and they've been kind of in this weird stalemate section where I, they're almost afraid to try new things but the new things they do try don't stick and it creates this feedback loop so you have like people like Lemire going there and coming back and be like, well, they wouldn't give me Fantastic Four. So here's the terrifics. <laughs> and now and I feel got, like... It, then it feels like, well, DC wouldn't give me Superman because they give it to Bendis, so he's going back over right. to Marvel to do Sentry. Right. Um, oh, here comes my dog. Uh, and then then you have this this you know sh- thing shot out of the source wall. Right. Yeah, that's what's and happening here, by the way. Some, some big fiery yeah. Phoenix Force-esque thing is shot out the source wall. Yeah, so I feel like Snyder's like, oh man, too bad DC doesn't have a thing like the Phoenix Force that can impact a telepath in this way. Wait a minute, why don't we? So he decided to make his own. And I feel like that works with John. Like, the scenes of, of his, you know, him remembering, like, or I guess the flashbacks, were, were deep down tragic. And I feel like Snyder really has a handle on that part. The There's other parts where I was just like, okay, I get it. They're fighting the Neanderthals, which is a hard word to say. Yeah, you make it go all about that. It was a slow ticking, but it was there. It was, yeah, I thought it was just me that was hearing that. I was hearing it coming. It was happening. Yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. Um, it's, it's funny, because I don't want to say, like, I actually really liked the book. Like, I had a lot of fun reading it. It feels big. Yeah. If you, I, I'm glad the characters all feel... I assume Matt enjoyed the, the making fun of Batman double-page uh, layout. Of, oh, let's try and do our Batman voices and Wonder Woman dropping that I'm the goddamn Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it was funny. It was, I, I, I thought it was weird that goddamn was censored. Well, so, I read that as if it was effing... Because I feel like Diana would take it up a notch. I, as as did yeah. I, and then someone pointed out it was a callback yeah. to All Star Batman and Robin. I went, "Oh, it's goddamn!" Yeah. I mean, no, that, sense. that was the thing. I read it as yeah. thing at first, and I was like, yeah. "Why wouldn't they use goddamn?" Because obviously, right. you know, that was the first thing that popped into my head. And then I'm like, "Is it supposed to be goddamn?" But they, I'm like, they wouldn't censor that. I, no, see, the thing. I don't think they censor it because they have to censor goddamn. I think the joke is is that goddamn Batman is such a stupid phrase that everyone wants to forget yeah. that it's been censored. I, th- yeah. I think that's the joke. Okay, maybe. Yeah, because Snyder's poking the dead body here with that. So, yeah. <laughs> which is good because I, despite how bat gaudy it got at the end of his run, I never felt like he was interested in writing Batman as the Bat God. So that's why that the last sections of his run really disappoint me. So the fact that he's willing to, you know, to poke fun at here, and then Superman saying he does the best Bruce impersonation. I just yeah. love. It was it was all the telepath stuff, bro. He's like, no, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He so does. And it's, it's, it's even Ackerman sounds excited about. It. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Come on now. Yeah. Um, before we get to that page, though, we have the the Hall of Justice is open, and we get this third person narration talking yes. about it. Uh, and we see that they've got like the, the display of all these various costumes in the front mm-hmm. of the hall, including a lot of characters. You know, that's confirming. Oh yeah, these people have been on the Justice League at some point. Firestorm is there. Vibe is there. Like we got all sorts of characters. Mm. Interesting. It's it almost is. like no, it we're just going to ignore the fact that the new is Fifty Two happened. Is that Ted Cord Blue Beetle in the back? 
it I think it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it to me. Yeah, and it's just funny. I feel like more and more in Rebirth, we're just like, yeah, technically this stuff shouldn't have all happened because we, the New 52 said it's only been five years and all the rest of it. But we're just, no, you know, Jean was on the Justice League. All these Justice League teams <laughs> happened. Just screw it. It, it, it exists. Well, yeah. I feel like, well, I also feel like it's, it's Star Wars where Han Solo goes, it happened. It's true, all of it. I feel that's just DC continuity right now. Speed Force. Except Superboy, right? Oh, yeah. The Speed Force, the Legion, the Justice Society. It's true. All of it. The book's very Jean-focused, though. It's very very much from Jean's perspective. There's a lot of Jean floating in space as he's kind of telepathically linking all the, the League members together and like having them all kind of uh, so, you know, cooperate because they're all, they're all fighting these Neanderthals who... You know, it's like, oh, Vandal Savage is behind this, and they're kind of figuring that out. And then, so here's something ballsy they do in the first issue. They blow up the moon. The moon is gone. Why not? Um, well, the the moon controls the tides. Yes. Water, so like, There's some problems with this. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We'll figure some but out. Not only did they blow up the moon, but... Jean became a moon-nesting dragon creature. Quonar. Yeah. A Quonar, um, it's an extinct creature. And it looks beautiful. It, I was like, oh man. Yeah, also, dope. Batman had bombs in the moon for some reason. <laughs> well, it was, uh, no, it was his moon base, right? So it was yeah. uh, in, in case it got okay. compromised and he needed right, to destroy right. it. It was the, the one we... Was it back in Superman that we had? Superman, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, but no, that came from Tomasi's Batman and Robin. Oh, was it in that as well? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I guess, if, if I'm going to... Again, if I say, like, oh, stuff's just too big without any kind of build-up to it being this big, I think them having to blow up the moon, okay, I'll let that go. It's when, like, oh, the crust from the Earth is all starting to, like, you know, come apart and it's going to float into space. I'm like, okay, this is really big. Like, this, is, this is, like, super big. I think you get a... For me, at least, I think you get away with being that big in a first issue. Like, you, you it's... Because if if you're not you you either have to build up to it and reveal you know, and get to this at some point in your story, or you start with this. You start with the huge thing and then go from there. I think both work as an approach. Yeah. Well, I, I just I think it's just a bit too big though. It's a bit too big and fantastical. And I say that because again, I was enjoying this show a lot. But when I got to that page and that's when they said that was happening, and we see like the, the panel of uh, let me just get to uh, oh I've already passed it I've already been past it. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the council and the thingy. Uh, okay, so John's above the earth, and we see like, all the bits of land that seemingly are starting to break away. And I'm like, all I could think about was like how much destruction's happening on the ground right now. Yeah. Mm. Right. I don't know. It's just it's too big. It's too, it's too just sort of thrown out there, and it, it just it took me out of the book for a minute. And then I just kind of like, okay, I'll just accept it and roll with it. It's a big big comic booky story, right? I'll just go with yeah. it. But it, it it's the sort of thing where I have to stop for a second, and go, okay, I just have to accept this and move on. You know, I did that a couple of times in this. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I like all the characters interacting. Um, Jean, ha- like Jean, like becoming fearful and having these memories of his of his uh, of his mother and child dying uh, are pretty emotional. I like how it focuses yeah. on Jean, uh, the round table, and it becomes this thing. And this is what I really liked about this issue is that it becomes this ideological debate as they realize, wait, so Vandal Savage was trying to move the Earth out of the way. Because this thing is coming for us. It's arriving in three minutes. Yeah. And the, the rest of the issue from the Justice League's perspective is sitting around the table. And it's all telepathically in John's head. But they're sitting around the mm-hmm. table. And it's them debating whether or not... We don't know what this thing is. It's unknown. It could be an extinction level event that's going to kill the planet and everyone on it. 
or it could be something that's here to help because the multiverse is dying. Yeah. It's a great concept, isn't it? Of, yeah. Okay, well, is this something we, we go with or we, we want to fight? Yeah. Because like, it's completely unknown at this point. And for me, that's where the, the book really excels and gets interesting because now it's like, okay, now let's talk about this difficult choice. Like, how do we, do we choose to have faith in it or do we act out of fear and try and stop it? Yeah. So I read an interview with Snyder and uh, there's a reason why he went back and it's not the Injustice League. It's the Legion of Doom because he's he was drawn to the concept of the original origin of the word Doom, which is tied to fate. And it wasn't so much like, oh, it's going to be dark and bad, but it's just like, this is your fate. That's what you have to accept. And that's the what happened with Luther when he was exposed to the entropy. Is Luther's brain was wrapped around it in, in a different way. Um or no, it was entropy that was tied to the word fate, and then that became the word doom. Uh, so, and I like where he tells Vandal Savage, "You chose justice," because I kind of always kind of like the idea of Vandal Savage as this. Yeah, he was a world conqueror, but a lot like Ra's al Ghul, he was doing it to save the Earth from humans, you know, because yeah. he's kind of seen it all. Um, and so he went about it in in the way they always go about it, about right and wrong. When it's not about right and wrong. It's about just accepting it, what it is. Like it's yeah. a very Yoda kind of concept, right? Like mm. there, there, there is no try. You either do it or you don't. Like it's very binary. So, uh, so Luther's on that binary page where this is what we're doing, and he's assembled his crew. Oh, why do you add Joker to that? Is beyond me. Especially, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be something really interesting to find out. Though. Yeah, that, that's the part where if you're just building a team, because the, the rest of them I can understand. Grodd would be very useful. Sinestro would be very useful, and you can speak yep. sense to them. Cheetah, you can speak some sense to. Black uh-huh. Mana, you can speak some sense to. Joker's the wild card. Like, he is, yeah. Literally, like, especially with what happens in Batman. I, I read this before I read Batman. So when I got to Batman, I was like, <laughs> either this is a different Joker or... Luther has no idea what he just stepped in. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. it, it, it um, might well. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time we just got two different Jokers at the same time. So, you know, in, in different no. yeah. What's interesting yeah. though is that Lex is aware that Savage knows something about what's behind the source ball. It's a secret, and he knows yeah. about it. And we see that Lex has taken over Savage's base. He's, you know, he he like you know bought it up from under him, and he mentions that he put a monster in the basement. And we see like there's just one small panel of someone with yeah. these giant chains holding them in place. Do we have any guesses as to who this is in the basement? No. I've... I don't know. I don't know what Snyder's pulling from here. No. There's a green tinge to everything, and I think that's the clue. I just don't know what. Like, mm. again, if it were Marvel, I... I would say that's a Hulk, right? Like... Yeah. I don't know, like, I'm almost getting, like, it looks like, rather than a green tinge, I'm getting the idea of a light shining down from above, which reminds me of, like, criminals from Krypton, with the, yeah. when they're getting, like, sentenced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting kind of that vibe from it, but, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's And he says he's got some alien technology, or future technology, rather, in the attic. And again, Savage's yeah. like, there's no attic, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Lex has outsmarted him in a number of ways, you know, as, as expected with Lex. Uh, John Stewart, who's not actually at the table, he's actually out on the front lines. He's he's going to fire, <laughs> what, what was he got? Um, an omniversal wormhole. <laughs> he's going to fire at the, at like, the thing. So I yep. feel like Snyder tries to get too cute. 
This is where I get pulled out of stuff. And yeah. I'm just like, all right. I, I mean, that's a cool image. Like, yes. Chung did great drawing that massive cannon. I think it, it really speaks to, you know, uh, John's architectural stuff is yeah. always, you know, the, it's, it's all really mechanical and really well built. And yeah. you can see just all the parts on this cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of those little moments that Matt mentioned, mentioned earlier. Just, you know, out of nowhere, oh, we've got an omniversal wormhole. It was yeah. kind of like back in his Batman run, where all of a sudden Batman just had miniature red suns in his gloves so he could fight Superman. I'm like, yeah. all right, okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> just, it didn't bother me, personally. Uh, it's just it's those little things where it's just it takes these things for granted, well, and I feel like, no, you earn something ridiculous like that. You build yeah. to it. So, I just kind of wish that we got more Vandal Savage, right? Mm. Before, before all of this, I wish... There was a way we could have had him longer before Lex shows up, like to understand what he knows, what's coming, and why he was trying to move the Earth out of the way, and like those are all fun little seeds. I wish we could have gotten more of, but I understand why he does what he does here. You know, yeah, I, I get this approach. Is, this approach is no, no, it's a mystery, and we'll learn yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, oh, of course it is. Yeah, um, but no, I like John. John's whole thing here is like, no, I, I would have voted to destroy this on site, but it's actually being with you people that, that have taught me hope and taught to maybe trust in things without. I love this. This whole issue is John doubting in himself. Like he, he doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't think he deserves to be the the, the chairman, the leader here. Yeah, it's, it's all about his doubt. And then, of course, at the end of the issue. Um, in fact, Lex actually beats the shit out of Vandal. He's just, he's just bashing his head. Pretty in with, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so proper what violent. I loved here was you have like a man who was evolved by a meteor, right? Right. That landed uh, to become Vandal Savage, and then you have the world's smartest man. And how does he murder him in the most caveman way possible? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just primitive and it's brutal, and it's he beats him to death with a doorknob. Now I'm gonna imagine like the one thing that can kill savage is that you know it's a piece from the meteorite you know okay yeah but you know because they kind of tease it but he built that doorknob out of the the one thing that can kill him so so yeah so basically they just make the choice to let the thing hit earth and it's just as 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 savage is dying savage seemingly set sends out a strong psychic message like you know it's it's like all of the knowledge that, that Savage had because of so much, because he's accumulated so much over his centuries and centuries of living, it, it beams out and John like senses it. It gets hit with like a wave, and we see a bunch of stuff that's coming from this. I'm actually just going to kind of go through this panel by panel because there's so much uh, in here. There is, yeah. uh, you know, his mind reaches out all of his secrets, um, revealing truths. We see a green hand and a white hand, as in white skin, uh, kind of touch, almost like someone's in prison, and they're both touching the mm-hmm. other side of the glass, right? Yeah. There's a moment that there's a moment that looks like Lexi's armor strangling someone um, who looks like it could be Starman, but it's really yeah. It's, it was very much like Ted Knight Starman with the fin on his head, but it could literally be anybody. Yeah, like, but it does mention though that this is a sins committed in the past. You know, this is past right. tense. This is something that Lex has done already in the past. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it says abominations on earth and we see like a hand with a bright light as if something's coming up from the ground yeah mm-hmm. we see uh what, what was coming new armies raised across space and we have purple light pink purple light like the, and there's like figures the coming out of it yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so that, that's the ultraviolet yeah lantern tees uh, yeah. absolutely um and 
I have. I mean, maybe the one before that's the uh, some of that new Speed Force stuff, the Stealth Force. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one of that. Maybe. One of these is that. Also, uh, well, I was gonna say the very first one has to be in reference to, to John's origin with the Doctor. Uh, hmm? Who he have a heart attack to when he, you know, beamed to Earth. No, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to like pull yeah. something like that in here as it's going through yeah. all these things. But most of these are teasers for the future. They absolutely yeah, are. Yeah. The, the next one says Ancient Gods Revived, and I'm wondering, is that High Father that, you know, what we were talking there's about? A, there's a yep. giant metal-looking vault that's opened, it, like a crypt so it, almost. And it looks like Darkseid. I don't think it is Darkseid considering what's going on in Odyssey. But maybe whoever Darkseid's precursor was in the Third World, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's Highfall because I think we. I don't think we'd have Highfall at the start of the book like that if it was going to be him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Uh, and then the final one, of course, is um, and beyond this, he saw the laughter with which evil would rise. Now, there's only one villain I think of when I think of laughter, but I mean, I don't think this is Joker really, <laughs> especially since we're seeing what essentially looks like the the front of this flaming ball as it's happening. It may not be the same thing, admittedly. No, it might not, but I do wonder if Joker is involved in some way. That's why Lex has him on the team. Yeah, well, here's, here's the weird thing. is I don't think that this is in any way going to tie into Doomsday Clock. I, I think this is going to completely do its own yeah. thing, and then we'll catch yeah. up with Doomsday Clock at the end. However, I, I can't deny there's a bit of a yellow button vibe to this. There's like a sort of smile on, the, on this yellow sun-looking yeah. thing. There is, but also don't forget, Snyder also said, uh, Batman Who Laughs will be showing up and making appearances. With Justice League, so mm. you know. Did he say that Justice interested. League specifically? I, I... Well, I don't know about Justice League. But he said um, there he's not done. Yeah, he's with not done with him. Yeah, yeah, he said those plans yeah. for next October, but I, I don't think he said anything specifically about Did Justice League. Did he say next October? Yeah, it was it was a oh. Halloween thing for next October. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> this thing, I, I never got the fact that it, it didn't it didn't look like a smile to me. You know, it. It looks like more wings. like it. Yeah, wings. I I can see the mouth, but even then, I don't I don't see smile. I see more of a, you know, opening to feed sort of thing. If it's a smile, it looks like the Kool Aid Man. I mean, I I can see a smile. I can see what you mean by wings, though. If it is wings, yeah. So it made me automatically think of the Phoenix Force and go. Yeah, you, okay, you, I know what you're doing. Your Phoenix Force thing comes a bit more uh, overt when we're, we're talking about wings here inside the flaming yeah, ball. Right? Um, yeah, but obviously, I feel like everything on this page, like obviously the Lex thing's a mystery about the past. All the other stuff, I think, are teases about stuff that's coming up in this book over the next like four or five arcs. I feel like that's what this is kind of doing. But one of them might yeah. even be like endgame stuff. I feel like a few of these will be stuff that are spread out over the course, and then one of them will probably be this is going to be the final of the entire thing. The event that comes at the end of all this in two years' time. Well, but, I mean, we know he's got a, at least a two-year plan, right? Yeah. And, I mean, if, if you say... Six issues an arc, right? This cover, and each one of these is one arc, so that's what what one year covered. If you go with all these, is is well, if this you is just double shipping. So we'll yeah, exactly. Two, so, so we'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So double shipping that those those right. four arcs is one year, right? They'll probably right. they'll probably spread out more than that though. Yeah. Because we know we know the second arc is going to be Aquaman focused, and I mean one of these yeah. might relate to that, but. Uh, who knows? I can see them being more spread be. out. Because it would be kind of weird if it was like a checklist where arc two is about this one, arc three is about this one, arc four is about that one. Okay, we've done them all. Maybe now. maybe you alternate. Mm. Like one arc about one, then something else. 
Cool, but look, don't don't forget what's going on with how they're doing the story. Every was it four issues we get a Doom centric? Yeah, every four or so, five, I think. Yeah, can't call it Legion, Connor. There already is a Legion. Well, uh, of Doom, fine. Legion of Doom, uh, and then the best page of the book is yeah. uh, Alien Jean looking at this giant. It's almost like a classical alien face yeah. in the sky. And as someone or in that's space. terrified of great alien iconography, <laughs> I do not like that page. I, I think it's it's fantastic. Obviously, that that gray alien is often used as a you know, oh, it's a Martian, right? Yeah. Yep. That's the go-to thing that, that that's been uh, related to. So putting this in front of uh, the DC Martian really works well. Well, as even the narration box says, and then he saw past this and saw at the end of the cry, and what he saw was himself alone. So the idea that he's faced with kind of the the image of of what people think of him before they meet him, yeah, alone in space. It's just a, it's a really pretty image. Um, and it's basically this is like the doubt comes back, and he's like, "Oh wait, no, no, there's something awful in this. We we have to like not do this." Uh, but it's too late. They just like have gone. Um, and it's funny that Je- uh, Lex says, "Oh, Jean, here we go in three, two, one. So this rival that we've set up between Jean and Lex from No Justice, this this is ticking over. The way it intercuts between the two stories in this book as well, it almost feels like that 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 they caught in between the two of them is going to play a big factor, at least in this first arc. If not, the, it is. And, and the that was one of whole. the best parts of No Justice setting up. That. It was. So no, I, I think all the character stuff in here is great. It's just some of the concepts sometimes Snyder throws about really nilly. It's just like, okay, I'll just accept this, fine, but. Mm, fair enough. Um, I, I'd like a bit more weight to it, um, especially when it's involving planets, like the crust of a planet's coming apart, and then we blew yeah. up the moon to stop it, and then Swamp Thing yeah. reforms the planet. But we never see like a panel on the Earth of the the, the crust coming back together or anything like that. No, no, it's just, just mentioned. It's happening. Yeah. No, I get you. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I used to want to live in the DC universe. Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh dear. Uh, so yeah, basically it ends with them saying, "Yeah, inside this flaming boy, didn't see hope, didn't see justice, didn't see good. He saw doom." So that leads us into the next issue. So oh. doom on Earth. Um, was this a, a longer issue? Um, no, no, a little bit. It wasn't. It's actually the same as normal. I don't think so. I think it's just because you've got a lot of the the narration that really yeah. it, it takes slightly longer to read than average. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I don't want to sound like I've been. To, uh, I feel like I've I've sounded more negative than I actually am about it. I actually, I'm really excited and I like reading this a lot. Um, I just, I don't want to like. There's just some of these bigger ideas that he throws out that I, I just, I don't want to give a pass to. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. point out when I feel like, ah, this is just like he's just throwing ideas at me. Fair enough. Yeah, no. it was good. Anytime I can see uh, the the quintessence in Justice League One Million. In one book, like that's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, no, uh, I think the character stuff in particular is is what I like, and I like the Justice League as a team feeling like a big deal. And I think the, I think the, the the threat of a Legion of Doom with this roster is very exciting. I, I think that's the the thing that makes it feel like yeah, it's all these big ideas, but it also feels very personal for Jean. You know, like yeah. all the stuff that he's dealing with. Is, well, that's is that's all, what makes it work for me. That, that that that's what was, what was missing from the book in general yeah. before. Uh, when when it was Hitch and whatever, so and that's what I like about. That's what makes it work. If you took that away and it was just the big ideas, I probably wouldn't like it that much. Fair enough. I'd probably still be into yeah. it, but that, that definitely improves it. So, so now Justice League. I guess we should rate the book. We should rate the book. Uh, out of ten, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, this is eight point five. 
Cool, Connor. I'm going big. I'm going nine point five. Oof. Uh, I'm I'm going with uh, a straight eight. Straight eight. Um, I I think the the art is good. We didn't mention the art much. Uh, but I don't oh. think it's. I'm actually I'm looking forward more to Jimenez's issues than I am Chung's. Me too. Mm. I think Jimenez does uh, facial structures a little bit better, mm-hmm. but it's it's undeniable that Chung's big grand schemes, like the dragon or you know, the other, the face at the end, are just phenomenal. This feels like Chung's meant for like a fantasy book, you know, not just because of the dragon, yeah. but just the way that the story is told. Like the layouts are cool. Like, you get to that layout that's got the entire Justice League across it. And, and then looks... Manhunter across the bottom. Yeah, that's that's super cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, so now eight out of ten. Uh, art, art solid. Um, I like what it's doing with the characters and the big story. I'm excited about what's going forward. Um, but yeah, just some of the Snydery. Just here's a big idea with some exposition to explain it really quickly out of yeah. nowhere. Is just a, a small little note on the you know the variant cover, mm-hmm. uh, the Jim Lee one. I thought the final one was really ugly, but looking at the pencils, it looks fantastic. I don't know. I don't know who inked and coloured it. I don't know if it was him that did it or someone else, but it just looks. It, it, it loses something with with the the final image for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think Jim Lee sometimes does it does a bit too much with his line work. Like he almost doesn't trust the colorist to. Yeah, maybe because it looks fantastic in pencils. Yeah. Still a little bit too dark in pencils for me. Oh, fair like, enough. Yeah, but I mean, it, he decided to do a rain scene. Uh, talk about line work. Yeah. Uh, I think what was interesting about this book, though, is that I feel like it's going to give us a lot to chew on every couple of weeks. Yep. So oh, yeah. we'll be back in two weeks with issue two, and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll dive right into back right into that as well. So um, let's move on. Let's move on to Man of Steel number two. The other big thing going on right well, now. Connor, uh, <laughs> you you guys enjoy. It. Like I said, I, I'm I'm done. It's fine. You you guys enjoy it. Well, let me introduce it then. Stop and well, talk no, to yeah, me. You rude man. Man of Steel number two. Brian Michael Bendis is writing. Uh, Doc Shiner is on the art for some of it, and uh, Jason Fabric's got a couple of pages, and then uh, Steve Root is doing the rest of it. For some bizarre, I don't know why. This, this is weird to me. I, 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 was he credited as J Fabuck again? It was. I, I came out of this expecting a Doc Shiner issue, and I got half of a Doc Shiner issue. So yeah. I think there's a, an obvious critique to make there uh, about the art change mm-hmm. halfway through. Um, so that, that is a fault. But uh, I did enjoy the issue quite a bit still. Are you still into this, Matt? Are you still feeling it? Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So it, uh, Bendis, no doubt, has a handle on Superman. Because this one is mostly set, like... I'm just going to talk about Superman right now. It's mostly set in a fight scene. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the Daily Planet. And we get some more hints about Lois and John. But Perry... Man... His, Bendis' Perry still seems off. But here, it made sense. Because it made him a man of urgency. To where... He's going to make decisions he normally wouldn't because of what's going on. Which is funny, actually, and it's annoying that Connor left just as we're getting to yeah. this point because his complaint about Doomsday Clock last week, I feel like this feels like it's building up to that Perry. Yep. In an interesting way. Because uh, he's he's stressed that the place is going to close. Um, actually, I, I thought my Dilly Planet stuff in this issue was probably some of my favourite. I think the scene between Good and Trish 
was actually really strong, and it made me go, yeah, his supporting cast in this Daily Planet are going to pop. Like, you know, the, the, the back and forth between them was just so good. Anytime Bendis has been on a superhero book, I always enjoy the supporting cast, whether it was Iron Man or Daredevil or uh, trying to think of some of his other runs that I've read, but I'm drawing a blank. But the supporting cast always comes out stronger for him. Yeah. So, but yeah, the whole gossip, like, uh, Goods trying to get the what's going on with Lois. Like I feel like Goods acting as the readers, and even the gossip columnist doesn't have an exact uh, read on it, which I liked. Yeah, because because she looks at like, no, like, he's Clark. He's a farm boy. He's very respectful. He's not going to look at you. And then Trish ends up kind of like it's almost like she's motivated by that conversation to come in later yep. on when Clark's back. He's like, hey, we have a story. Lois is you know kind of famous. We could you know spill the beans on this. Hey, Clark. You know, what happened? Um, you know, and obviously Clark speeds off to save people because there's a crisis on TV. Uh, but, like, you know, <laughs> already I was getting just this personality, this interaction between the cast and, you know, they're shipping up, uh, you know, the, the Daily Planet as a whole I'm really excited about. And obviously Action Comics is going to be the Daily Planet-focused book. And Man, if it's going to be more of this, I am so stoked. Yeah, like... I, I, I'm super into it. Um, and then, you know, meanwhile, you got Superman in Coast City, he's uh, fighting Toy Man in a giant robot, which it didn't reveal, it's just a giant robot at first, and then he, like, rips it off, and he's like... It's a giant robot gorilla, and Superman is just taking it to it, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is Superman I love. Yeah, uh, and, then, and then he rips off the thing, he's like, hey, Toy Man, like, yeah, it's Toy Man, yeah, I'm into yeah. this. Uh, it's good stuff. But I love that, you know, Hal shows up, Green Lantern shows up, and he's like... Hey Clark, do you want to talk about what's been going on? You know, I know you know things have been weird recently. You know, with Lois or whatever. And Clark, you know, having just like you know admitted that he's missed like a, a dinner date or whatever it was with Hal, he's like, "Oh, sorry, I have to go, Hal. Bye." <laughs> and he feels bad about it later. But you know, Superman flies to the moon just so he can like be on his own and cry a little. Yeah. He's in a crater. So this is definitely before Justice League because the moon's still there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's face it, we're going to get a moon back. There'll be some sort of replacement moon before the end of Justice League. I'm, I'm well, sure of it. But we yeah. get a little more tease of what, what showed up. And these are the fabric pages, I believe. Yes. And it looks like some gigantic cocoon. Like, I'm having a hard time describing what it looks like. Like, it's big and white. Almost looks like a face of some kind. Yeah, I was getting like, a face from. I was getting some sort of big celestial head kind of yeah thing. Uh, but guys, it's, it's just a tease. It's, just, it's it's like the next page of what we saw last issue, and we're going to keep teasing yeah. this throughout this, the mini seemingly. Yeah. Um, the are stuff I thought was interesting as well. Um, primer- specifically the opening scene where the the guardian, like you know, the, the what was the what's the face? Apa Ali Apsa. I was, no, I was going. I was Gandello, the, oh, the, the Iceman. The, the Iceman. He's like, "Hey, you! Like, you know, is it a coincidence that the Green Lantern just wasn't there when Krypton went?" And you know, he's accusing of him of like, "Hey, you were involved in this." And he's like, yeah. "Hey, like, if this if this guy did just block Krypton on his own, even after we turned him down, are you not worried what he might do to you or your like planets? If if you know, so it's like, yeah. hey, so." I like that, and then the Guardian's like, oh man, if you, if you did do this, Rogel, like, you know, I hope that you died with the planet. I hope you went out in a yeah. blaze of glory. Uh, but of course, we actually get to the, this this bar scene in space later on, 
and basically Rogel's are kind of learns uh, about Superman on Earth, and we actually end the issue with him and a bike coming towards Earth. That's like sort of him coming. So Lobo. It's so Lobo. This was probably my biggest problem with the art change. Is not only was it really different from the first half of the book, I don't think the art in the back half suited Rogel's are at all. That that last yeah. panel of him felt so cartoony, given compared to everything else we've seen of him so far. It was kind of weird. Yeah. But. Definitely, but we get that page with Perry, mm-hmm. and you see like his career over the course, and just the way that it fades as it goes down, with all the different headlines that he's covered from his time as a reporter to the editor in chief, and how technology's changed. You know, like he's been in this business forever, and he's not going to just let it go that easy. So. I love that. That was the one piece of art in, in that section that I could really get behind, but it feels almost like it's a different book now. Like, yeah. they didn't even try to match it, which is hard to match Shader's style because it's so, you know, silver agey, like clean lines and whatnot. But this went just for almost like a different story vibe. Yeah, it was a little bit strange. Obviously, the, the reminders of the fires that are happening in Metropolis are still going on. Yep. Superman, you know, saved some people again. Um, so that's still going on. Um, but no, I, I like I love the planet stuff so much. That 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 panel where Trish comes in and uh, tries to like, get Clark to talk. She's in silhouette, and then she pushes up her glasses. I actually really like the art in that page. It's not the art in the yep. back half is bad. It's just so different no. from the first half. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I, that's where the art from the second half excelled for me. It was that silhouette and then the, the push up of the glasses. He's like, so what yeah. happened, Ken? Eh? Tell me. There's a story here. We can do something also, with this. Also, Perry telling you it's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> like, like, but yeah, it's. Bendis gets Superman, and I'm happy. I'm excited to see where the third issue goes. Because uh, we know we're going to get Zar. He's coming to Earth. So. Yeah, yeah, obviously but, we've seen a little bit of the fight from later on from uh, Action yeah. 1000. But. And so, and if he does represent like the rise of fascism or, or even uh, in a more focused thing like Nazism, you know, him him not being given into and then going and taking things into his own hands anyways, that that speaks to the history nerd in me. And it's, you know, it's more clear here. Because I, I can't see Bendis changing... Superman mythos that that much that one person caused the end of Krypton because I feel like it cheapens Krypton's demise because I like the idea that they could have saved themselves but they were too yeah uh, uh, yeah I like that too I think it's a great analogy uh, these days for global yeah. warming is the idea of ignoring yeah. the signs and like you know it's, 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 it's a yeah. message there uh, even though this is not the first time that we've blamed you know Brainiac in the past has been blamed in yeah. various versions of Krypton's yeah. demise so it's, it's not like so a new thing to blame someone but as long as it's, we don't actually know, it could go either way, but Zar thinks that he's responsible, Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, know, I, but, I, honestly, I'm half expecting to find out, that he, like, for him to find out that he didn't, like, he thinks he did, all this time yeah. he thinks he was responsible, but it yeah. actually wasn't. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. So, but yeah, no, I, I love it. Now, the Doc, Doc Shader art is so strong. It's great, yeah. Like, I love it. When Hal shows up and he looks like 70s Hal. Oh, he does. I mean, I've I've been reading it for Pillbox, the Silver Age Green yeah. Martin. It, it just looks like he's yeah. ripped right out of it. It's it's insane. Yep. Uh, oh. It's good. And then, is there anything better for me than Superman punching a gigantic gorilla robot like over Coast City 
it just looks fantastic. I don't, I don't got anything for you, Matt. I'm sure there's, I'm sure no. there's stuff, but it, yeah, I don't have anything to say oh. right there <laughs> to a, that effect. They had a redheaded fire, fire woman, right? And then now they're adding giant gorillas. It's, it's like Bendis is like, hey, look. Yeah. I don't know. We approve. The, the podcast uniformly approves if, of Man of Steel thus far. Viking friend shows up in the next one, we know there's there's something going on. Matt, what are you rating the issue? Oh, uh, this is a nine. For me, despite the art, I loved the the words. Plus the Shana art, even though it's through half, it really carries over some extra points. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting for me, I think I have to go with an eight in this one as well. But the reason the reasons are different, right? I, I think I think it's great. I don't think it's quite as good as the first issue, but I think that's just because the first issue is like starting the story. Everything's new and fresh. It's yeah. like you know. Uh, but I love everything this was doing, um, and I'm excited about the next one. And obviously, there's some. The complaints about the art changing halfway through, which I think is valid, but it still gets an eight from me. I'm still super excited about Bendis and Superman. Like I'm super into it. So I know I know it's going on with John Lois. I know uh, in the same place I read the Snyder interview, uh, Bendis did say we will find out. It's not cheap. There's something going on, and there's story reasons for it. So yeah, all all, all things I assumed. I want to point out from the get go. Of course, of course, but still, you can understand why, like me and James were worried yeah. from the start. It's so irrational. I especially, I especially enjoy with James just him being wrong after he's been irrational because I, I know he's just been irrational. So I, I take pleasure when he has to admit that he should have hoped. Like what Superman stands for is hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's James. So it's James. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's Man of Steel number two. That will take us on to Batman number forty-eight. Tom King writing, Mikel Janin on the art. This is the, the, the best man two-parter before we get to the wedding. Or is the wedding issue technically the final part of this? I'm not sure, depending on how they count it. I feel like the wedding issue will just be like a one-shot, essentially, of the wedding itself. Yeah. Uh, so, Joker has killed everyone in a, in a church, in a cathedral. Basically, as a way to draw out Batman. Because he wants to talk to him about the fact that he may or may not be the best man. <laughs> That's essentially this, what this issue is. Because uh, we start the issue with someone praying... And Joker just shoots him from behind after like a, because it got to a point. This is one of these pages it's where so brutal. It looks like a lot of text, and I start reading it and go, "Oh wait, it doesn't actually matter if I read all this. This yeah. is just the, the point is the I guy's cream." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he gets shot, and I love like it's one of these weird meta things, but I buy it from Joker where he's just like na 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 na, and he's just sort of looking around na na, and it, it gets to the end and he smiles. He goes, "Batman," and then you turn the page and. Batman's like swooping it at the scene. This is it's glorious. It's when Joker's written like this, I have issues with people. Not like actual issues where I'm like, no, you're wrong. It makes me wonder about that person. Where they're just like, oh, Joker's my favorite Bat villain. And I'm just like, do you have a favorite serial killer too? Like, how do we break this down, man? Because this is just straight up brutal. This entire scene in the church. That's why he's a good villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess that's just me. The, fa- the fact that you can... I, I thought you were going to go with the people who... You know, that, that, that image of, oh, yeah, when you grow up, you think Batman's right, and then you get older and you th- oh, you realise well, Joker's... Oh, yeah, they're morons. The, the dark, yeah, yeah. They're, they're morons. I thought that's what you were going with when you started that. No, yeah. no, no. I just... Because I, I, I have friends who's like, oh, yeah, there's no other better villain than, than Joker. And, like, I can understand that. It's like that. But when you're like, oh, yeah, he is, like, my favourite. Like, I'm just like, ugh. Makes me feel a little bit sketchy being around you with a knife, man. Like, uh, 
does my love of Halloween not bother you then? Like, no, no, no. I'm more talking <laughs> someone like my stepbrother, who I grew up with, who who has many Joker tattoos. I just, you know. So. All right. Okay. But okay. yeah, uh, without a doubt, because sometimes Joker can be written not scary. Like when he's more Mark Hamilly from the animated series. Here, I still hear the Mark Hamill voice, but it's so much darker. Like. Oh, that's just super dark. He try when Batman shows up. He grabs the one survivor as a hostage. Is like, don't move an inch, don't move an inch, or all. And then before he finishes his sentence, he accidentally shoots the person in the head. So, so he's using the president's negotiating strategy. Yeah, where you Car- shoot the hostage. Carl's about to complain, tells that he didn't like the issue. He's got that look in his face. I know what he looks like. Uh, no, I mean, I like I like the way the joke is written. I just yeah, the the issue didn't really work for me. Here we go. I, I think I think it's just the the lack of <laughs> Batman ever saying anything, the the lack of response. Oh no, I like that he's quiet all issue. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. For, it doesn't do play with he's... it doesn't play with me for for what Batman is or especially King's Batman. But it just doesn't but track for me. The way that I read that as any type of reaction you give the Joker, he's going to feed off of it. If you yell at him and yell Joker no, or if you get on him and like you're not going to get away with this. See, I'd agree with that, but then there are points where, you know, he sits down to, you know, he kneels down to pray with him. He still right, gives him what he wants. Yeah, because at the end of the day, all the chaos, and I can't believe I'm sticking up for Batman here. Like, all the chaos and carnage that Joker's, you know, if Batman can still stop him from killing himself, which, look, I'm going to be petty again. I was petty as hell when the Capitals won the, the Stanley Cup. If I'm Batman in this, I just let Joker shoot himself. Right, but that's why I'm not Batman. Uh, like, that's true. Also, you didn't watch your parents be murdered when you were nine, so I mean that's no, that's another thing. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the fact that he does, and it shows like even all of that evil, chaotic stuff that Joker's done, Batman still has a sense of compassion. Like, well, I can't let him kill himself in front of me, you know? Like, so he does go along with it, and then we get that great, which I did laugh. When there's a, an explosion and he goes, oh yeah, I forgot I put a bomb on the cross. Yeah, I, I have a, a question on that. Was that a bit of an, an art error? Because there's no cross. The only cross uh, it's that off, is... Yeah, but I think it's off screen. I think it's meant to be the cross at the top of the church. Right, right. But the, my point is I'm looking at it you know, from all the panels because I went back. Yeah. And the only cross round there is the one in, you know, painted in the stained glass window. There is no physical cross. Uh, it really confused me because it, it that took me way over. I had to go back like pages oh, just to look back there and like, no, it's just a stained glass window. There isn't a cross. Yeah, I, I think that's just um, an art error where he just forgot to put in a, a physical cross yeah. for whatever reason. That yeah, you're right. You call I mean, me, you're right. I can't. Do you know what the first thing is? Is you're technically right. I still think it's a weird complaint. I mean, is it, it? It dragged me out of the issue because I'd, I'd noticed the stained glass cross because I thought, oh, that was gorgeous. You know, that piece, that piece on the window with Joker kneeling in front of it with the gun yeah. to his head, which is why I noticed it so heavily. And then, like, two pages later, he's like, oh, yeah, there was a bomb in the cross. I was like, what? How? Maybe that's all he meant. Maybe he just meant he put a bomb in the window. I just, he goes, I don't know. Uh, he goes, I thought it would be, I don't know, funny. Like, that, that made me laugh. Just because it's so... Yeah, Matt's worried about his friends with knives, but he's laughing like that at that joke. I do have a dark sense of humor at that type of stuff. Like, But I've heard that people with dark sense of humors are actually 
more emotionally stable, so I'm fine, I think. I was far uh, too in the story to even... Th- I just assumed, yeah, it was a cro- it's a church, so of course it's a cross there. I don't even think about it. Uh, I know, but that's why it bothered me, because it was like, there's no cross. It just it, it yeah. really stuck out to me. I'm still not going to, like... I still feel it works in the moment, because he did just, like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, there was a bomb. So, um... If it said, that, oh, you know, there was a bomb in the altar, which is right, right. in front of them, sure. But, I don't know, it, it, it just it got to me a little. But uh, but I like that there's that, that running thread about, um, after that, about what love is. Um, that love is life, love is the true north, and all that about the story of St. Augustine yeah. and whatnot. And then it, it goes to Catwoman, and we'll see her in the next issue deal yeah, with Joker. Cat- Catwoman's been told to stay behind, and she's like yeah. sort of mocking him, going like, yeah, right. <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. Uh, actually, my favorite thing actually is that all this is going on, and Joker's not actually gotten to the point where he said why he's doing all this. And it's after the kneel down, he says, "I'm in." He just turns and says, "About your best man." Like that, he's basically been building up the courage to ask that question. Yeah, that's essentially what's happening here. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I was into this. I that this is exactly the, the right mix of psycho and classic Joker that I, I enjoy. Um, with the the random killing of people. Uh, Batman being quiet for me works so well because yeah. you know a lot of King's characters speak in such stilted dialogue. I feel like the one exception so far has been the Joker. Well, the Joker will oh. just stand there and monologue because he's the Joker and he loves the sound of his own voice. Yeah. Um, and for me, the contrast between that and Batman staying silent uh, works for me quite a bit. Uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I agree that I, I like the the Joker's voice. I, I said this during uh, you know the. The, the DC Nation preview that we got, you know, I really like King's Joker. But I feel like, you know, it, it's it's the the lack of any sort of response, the lack of playing off of it, and it's just monologuing that that kind of t- t- ruins the issue a bit for me. I didn't I found myself saying, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this side of it, but I'm, I feel like I'm only getting half of what I want. See, that's weird. To me, it was stronger because Batman wasn't responding. This is the thing. What you're saying is that your complaint is that exactly why I thought it worked so well. Is no, because, it just didn't work for me. Because Joker didn't need someone to play off of him. He would just find a way to keep going right. because he's a Joker. No, I get that, but I just feel like it just felt weird for for Batman to not respond because, you know, he always responds to the Joker at some level. You know, he does something. Here, it's just nothing. And the one way he does say is, you know, our man with the prayer. That felt really weird for me to be like, okay, no, that's the bit he, he goes with. It's like, you know, okay, I won't give him the satisfaction, but I'll, I'll sit down and pray with him. It just It just didn't play for me. Um, I don't know if I actually agree with that he always reacts to the Joker. Like, he always says yeah. things. I don't know if I agree with that assessment. Not when... not. I don't think I've ever seen him go this long and extended sequence without saying anything to him. To, to me, it, it kind of felt like the extension of, like, um... <sighs> Like we 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 don't want to say the wrong thing to the person who might hurt someone. So you, so you just you, you try and choose your words carefully. This was like the almost yeah. the extreme version of that, where Batman is just going to be quiet. He's just going to be have his presence, um, and come at him. Uh, also, I laughed quite a bit at, uh, after Joker accidentally kills his hostage. Where he's like, "Oh no, no, Batman's going to be violent. <laughs> he's going to be very yeah. violent." <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, when he shoots Batman, as he takes Batman as a hostage, mm-hmm. but he's got the the Kevlar. Uh, before that, he's like, "All right, if you're dead, raise your hands and say I'm dead." <laughs> yeah, I did. I did love. I'm, I don't know which one of it is, but I think either King or Janin is a fan of uh, Archer, the show, because okay. there's a thing in that whenever a gun goes off near their ear, you know, they grab the ear and go, "Mwah," 
make that noise like because you know they can't hear properly but uh, and batman does that exact action like following the gunshot on his head and it just you, i can picture the the mop coming out of his mouth i'm like okay that was probably my favorite moment a weird possible reference to archer okay yeah no i'm convinced also, it's you're weird though. the battering sliced uh joker right it did because he digs it out of his face and then there's just no cut for the rest of the issue so is it this is still dionysium joker then uh, yeah, I suppose so. Because I thought I was thinking whether it was an art mistake or not, but that, right. that, that tracks. I forgot about that. Also, this Joker from that angle looks like Matt Smith, which now I want Matt Smith as Joker. Oh man, you're right. Uh-huh. He does. Right. He would be a terrible choice, better than Jared Leto. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think I'd list numerous actors better than Jared Leto's Joker. That's good. I yeah. Uh. Hey, I'll give it a go. Yeah, sure. No, Oh, the Arch fight. I mean, it's Janin. This is great. Good to see Janin after a while. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time we saw him? Um, probably. It was Marion Jones during the whole Super Friends thing. Was there a Janin part after that? I can't remember. I don't recall one. There's definitely oh. been something bef- after the yeah. uh, War Jokes and Riddles. There was definitely one or two issues somewhere. There must have been. Yeah. I can't, uh. Let's see if I can have a quick look. See the Joel it. Jones stuff has been fantastic as well. So. Yeah, obviously, we had Daniel for that. For that. What was the last, what was the last arc? Oh, we Apparently. had him to the Poison Ivy stuff. Jaren was That's in that. Right. That was That's it, it, yeah. There you go. Not been that yeah. long. Um, yeah, he, and he was... He was on the, uh, the 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 issue with you know that was half him half uh, Joel Jones. That's the, right, yeah, the, the Calvin one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, rate the book. Let's rate the book then. Uh, Batman Forty Eight. Matt, we we giving it. This is an eight enemy. Connor, uh, I'll give it a six. Um, I. Yeah, that's worth. I, I, I'm I'm going eight point five. Um, I'm okay. inching up a little bit. I, I, I was I was into this. It caught me like as soon as it, that that first time he like shoots the hostage and you turn to the double page spread and you just hear the sh- the shot. I was like, oh, okay, that worked. Like I'm into the the atmosphere of this already. Um, so, uh, but, but Batman Forty Eight. That, that's that. Which will take us on to Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Nightwing versus Hush Number One. Uh, Tim Silly writing Otto Schmidt on the art. Uh, so, this is. Nightwing and Superman. Take, this, what? this wasn't off of Schmidt. He, he, uh, Schmidt only did the epilogue. It's mostly Travis yeah, Moore. Yeah, Travis Moore. All right, don't look at me so confused. This is what Comic Soldier told me. Well, did you, I'm just shocked. Hero you didn't comics from the multiverse. Go. We read the title page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just surprised you didn't recognize that. You know, you didn't go. Oh, I, I didn't look like out of Schmidt throughout. I the read it three days before I did this. No, okay. Fact finding, and I didn't remember what it looked so, like. I'm, I'm gonna be honest that I love Tim Seeley's Nightwing, but yeah. I did not love this issue. This issue was weird. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it wasn't like, as good as Damien issue. Well, no, and having Seeley be so familiar with Nightwing, I probably went in with over the top expectations. There was more two things I quite liked, but overall it was kind of weird. Yeah. I was honestly the weirdest thing for me. Is at the start of the issue, like, okay, so it'd be hard to explain why billionaire Bruce Wayne is marrying this Selena Kyle woman. So it's Batman and Catwoman who are getting married publicly. I'm like, why is that even public though? 
Like, well, why not have both of them be secret? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird. I, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. Uh, right. I, I don't understand the logic of that. But... No. Whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I that a question that Selena's living at the Wayne Mansion. Well, that's the thing. Even if like it's it's kind of secret, they're still getting married. There'll still be a public record of them being married. Yeah. Out of its matches, Malone and Selena Kyle getting married. <laughs> that's what they should have done. He don't have no birth certificate. Matt. Maybe just you know that they they don't actually go through a, a a public record as in their in their civvies. You know they they just. That's it. They have the the ceremony. That that will make it very easy to get a divorce then, won't it? Because they're it not actually will, married. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Let's be honest, it's probably going to happen. Just real quick, at Batburger, I just realized, because um, I got distracted by the Carrie Kelly cosplayer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Condiment King, and it's not a cosplayer as Condiment King. Yeah. That's Condiment <laughs> Bar. It's just Condiment King. Okay, that's that's fair. Which, by the way, yeah. I, I, there was DC Universe news circulating this week, and the image yeah. of the Harley Quinn animated show was going around again, and I didn't notice the first time I looked at it that Condiment King's yeah. in the image. <laughs> so that's why yeah, so she brought that up. Uh, he's there. Uh, fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, they're, so they're on the, the the bachelor party basically, and yeah. they're taking Batman to Batburger, and then they're going to take him. Uh, Clark's got like a, a portal to a pocket dimension for some fishing, yeah. and then Hush shows up, uh, blows some stuff up, so Superman has to go deal with that. And when Nightwing tackles him, they end up falling into like, not the pocket dimension they were meant to go to, but like this weird place. Like the in between. Place in between. Uh, and all these faceless people start to attack them, and they have to go back to the Wayne Manor. It's a place that means something to both of them, so it'll be important. And Hush was planning to steal Dick's face and become to, to become a I, close I friend like to Bruce that. again. The idea that he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne anymore—he just wants to yeah. be his friend again. That's, that's, that's a fine know, idea. Yeah. yeah. Also, why was the dude from Big Lebowski in here wearing a bike helmet? Like. What was up with that character besides just the exposition man? He's exposition man. That's yeah, yeah. That's all I go for you. But yeah, and I like how they do try to team up, and I like what it says about uh, Nightwing and like their relate. Him and Bruce's relationship goes deeper than friends because they are family. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually, uh, it's odd how it kind of mirrors the Batman issue with Joker, but I actually did kind of like the scene where he's, at the end he's, he kind of realizes, hey, is he your best man? Is Clark your best yeah. man? It's not me. I know um, King was saying that they're not given a definitive answer uh, on the best man until uh, until the the wedding issue, where it will be revealed properly. Okay. Here's the thing, he gave... So you can be best man in name, right? But, like, he gave Clark the rings... So yeah. technically, no matter what, Clark's the best man. He organized the. Didn't he organize the bachelor party to go to Batburger and then go to that fishing I, spot? Uh, I'm not sure. I think maybe maybe Batburger might have been Dick. Yeah, I think it was both of them because they said that was our our, our job as groomsmen. Was was the, the first thing okay. they said? It was our yeah. job. Okay. Yeah, let, let's be honest. Bruce is going to be one of those dicks who has like four best men, right? Yeah, you're all the best man. Yeah, yeah. Because I told my be best man. Uh, I go. You're you're technically not the best man. You're just the best qualified for the job. So you're you're just the one that'll do. Yeah, you're not the. No, I told him you're not the best man. You're the most qualified man. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I put that because as as the groomsman gift, I gave him all engraved mugs in his head. 
most qualified on mm. it. So, you know. Very good. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just a weird issue. I kind of wanted more out of Superman, Batman, and Dick because I, you know, I love that relationship that Nightwing took his name from Superman because he looks up to, to Clark so much. Yeah. And then just to kind of get this weird hush story and they're stuck in the in-between. I, I just think- wanted more this was the sort of thing I was more expecting the one shots to be, and the Damien one was quite good. So we'll see how the rest of them shape up. It might be yeah. a bit more of a mixed bag. Next one, next one should be fun because it's it's Barbara versus uh, Riddler. Riddler, and yeah. presumably Schmidt on art. Yeah. So yeah, since the, since they have these scene, this scene at the end with, with Schmidt, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I, I like a lot of the ideas in this. It's just the actual story itself it's as, 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 a, as a comic is weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's also one of these things where, again, you're just going to throw out, oh, as a pocket dimension with this, all these rules, and we're just going to set it all up and have it completely end by the end of the issue, and we're back. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Uh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was okay to, to just kind of weird. Uh, what, what were we rating this? Connor? Um, I think I'll give it like a, a six. I like the art, I like the ideas. Kind of a, a mess in terms of structure. Matt? Yeah, I'm in a six, too. Much more of a mess, and my expectations were... Or way hurt. All right, uh, six is all around the thing, and I'll go with a six to. Uh, oh man, it's, it's not a bad issue. It's not terrible, but it's just kind of weird. And... We don't have a sound drop that goes to Maiden. No, no, you, you go you go with the soundtrack from the Omen. That's that's what you go no. with. No, no, you just kick it with the number of the beast, obviously. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. That's two against one. Uh, I'll always go with the, the movie reference over the. The metal reference. Yeah, it's, it's Maiden, though. Like, that's the, the one song just about everybody knows. Um, Alright, so what does that take us on to? This is on to Green Lantern's number 40, Alan Gillespie on the writing and Ronan Cliquet on the art. Um, between oh, this, uh, this, this is a two part oh, cool. fill in, right? And between this and New Challengers, Aaron Gillespie is officially on my Raiders I Do Not Like. Yep. list <laughs> persona non grata this was tough to read and As a slog. I, I yeah i've had since uh rebirth started jessica she's, she's become a slight crush of a character right like we love reading her we all you know all around this did her no favors i i don't her. understand her in this issue none of it makes any sense to me like what none of her you know actions line up because i've not explained what the inciting incident is yet or why any of this is happening even that just the idea that she runs it's like well that doesn't feel like jessica no she hides uh, from things don't get me wrong but the way she kind of smooth talks that lantern into letting her go what yeah it feels like a character And the fact is, the only thing is that it's dealing with some of this ring stuff, and you know that Sealy probably had his own way of doing this, but he's left mm-hmm. kind of what the, the basic beats were, and then someone else is trying to write it, and it just it feels so clunky. And Yeah, and if this is what Sealy was going to do, I would feel the same way, I think. I feel he would have handled it a little bit better, because he had a handle on Jessica. Yeah. But yeah, man, her going to this, to this like, gangster-type character, for whatever reason, and like... Here's the thing also. Lisbeth literally tried to kill them, right? She was part of that yeah, supremacist Yeah, she jumped group. in and she's like, oh, hey, it's great to see you. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. I'm like, Wait, what? She should be in prison. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Did they make up 
a bit more than I'm remembering yeah, cool. from the end no, of that I arc. That. Yeah. No, like they were like, oh, well, you were corrupted by whatever, but you're still going to jail because you did bad things. Maybe like, there's more of an explanation coming as to why there's like some weird things here that don't quite add up, but it never gives us any yeah. hook to. Because I think what the problem with it is that it doesn't feel like we're in some sort of alternate reality or anything like that. It just feels like, no, this is normal, but there's just weird things that don't line up. And then, yeah. you know, because the big cliffhanger is just that, oh, we finally get to Simon. Simon shows up, Jessica, I'm going to stop you no matter what. And it's like, okay, fine, whatever. I have no idea what the conflict is here. I have no... And I get that it's supposed to be a mystery. Like, okay, why is Jessica doing all this stuff? Yep. But right now, I just don't care because it was such a slog to read. Well, from the very first page, you know, it's that, that whole narration about how she's she's never had a drink. Mm. I'm like, okay, I get it, but this is, that, this is clunky as shit. That endeared her to me as someone that also doesn't drink. So at the end, where she's just like, oh, well, I'll see what I've been missing. Well, no, no, then you don't get to brag about it. I'm, like, I'm fine in the concept. It's just the way it was written was really clunky. That was yeah, like yeah. a page to tell us this story. I'm like, this this didn't need to be yeah, like but, this. And that's fine, but I, I like the sentiment. And then for her to just break that sentiment at the end, because life is hard, then why even make that sentiment? In the, like, it was it just a setup for her to break it? Well, when yeah. did she break it? When does that happen? At the bar yeah, at the end, she goes, you know, she, she comes back again. Oh, okay, fun yeah. story about me. I, I'm about to have my first drink. Yeah, and um, I was like, there was no point to introduce it then, you know? Like, well, there's, there's, there's a point in theory. There's, yeah. The, the point in theory is you introduce it and then you have her break it because things are getting that tough. Like, there's, there's, a, there's an arc in there to tell that story. Yeah. Um, not over one issue, though. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's a fair that's point. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to have her do that, then. It needs to get, like, her and Simon have fought, and she's gotten away, and then, like, just for funsies, put her at Guy Gardner's bar that he always goes to, to have it. And he's like, oh, you look like a Green Lantern, I'm sure you've had a tough day, it's on the house. Right? And then she takes her first drink, because everything's so out of whack. But here, it's just like, oh no, I'll have what he's having down on the bar. Oh. Yeah, uh, Aaron Gillespie is now someone who I'll actively be terrified whenever they put his name shows yep. up. He's you know how like uh, yeah I'm I'm open to try a lot of number ones, but you know you have those writers where you go, do you know what? No, I just don't want to read. I know I don't like that writer, so I yep. don't want to read it. Look at him trying to justify his Bendis hit. They... Oh, well, it wasn't even about Bendis. You know, I'm I'm thinking like or- Orlando, for example. I'm at a point with Orlando, where I'm like, do you know what? I d- I don't want to read your work, and. Gillespie has, has added and why did you buy the unexpected this week? I know. Why are you talking about the unexpected later on then, Connor? <laughs> oh, am I now? Yeah, you are. I, I, I literally have Someone bought him thing. more Orlando for Connor's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> you do it that, to yourself, bud. That would be an unexpected development, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I, 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 no, I don't see you You guys reading it. Pete, you, you were the one. Oh, no, we should be covering it. Have you, have you got it? Uh, and... We've learned. We've yeah. learned. You don't, you don't yeah. mess with Orlando and his own stuff. Like, uh-uh. Both me and Matt. Established... Me and Matt caught up in GLA. We, we tried. We, we gave it yeah. a proper shot. Yeah. And it was when, awful. When, when he's working with established stuff, it's fine. When he's throwing his own mix of, of weirdness in there, no thank you. Yep. But Supergirl, Good. fine. Head of Monster Man, great. Oh, I don't say great. Good. But... The Unexpected is Justice League. Nah. Yeah. Aaron Gillespie is on my shit list. I, I don't want to read anything by him. Of course, I'm going to read 49 because then Jurgens is on 50. I'm not skipping just one issue. If, if, if this was longer than two issues, I'd be going, Joe, you know I'll come back on the next thing. Me too. 
Mm. But it's, it's only one more issue, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I can power through one issue. The annoying thing is, though, is I feel like because it's related to stuff that Silly had planned and like, it's, it's dealing with the ring, there's going to be something essential. important. Yeah, there's going to be something important in the next issue that's related to Jessica's yeah. ring. Yeah. So we'll see. But this was a bad issue. We're going to rate yeah. it. Matt. Oh, this was a three. No, Connor. thank you. I got 3.5 just because the art was pretty nice. God, you're soft. <laughs> I, 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 like I, said, I like the art, so it gets a it gets a point five. After all, his nitpicking in Batman, I, I can't call him soft with his raids, but he he decides to be a little little nitpicky person. That, that, that's what I mean. go I, for it. That, that and that's why he's saying he's soft. He he's like, oh, but the art's nice. So oh, I mean, that's soft. that's half of what I rate it on is the art. So it gets yeah. it gets points. Well, that's why it has three is because of the art. And if it had bad art, then it would be way lower. Here's, yeah, it would. Here's the thing. If the story, if it is written really well, I can overcome bad art. Sure. The art can be phenomenal, but if I if I think it's a chore to read, then the entire you know the the, the, the waiting's not equal is what I'm saying, right? When one of them is really bad, one affects it more than the other. Terrible writing drags me right down. This I'm going yep. with a two. I'm going even lower than you. Two out of ten. Yeah. This was so Eric Gillespie has a two and a three out of me now. I can't remember what I rated your challenges. That was too long ago. That was like two weeks, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I just remember it was low, so it was definitely low. I did not like it. I, I'm gonna give it a four. But hey, that's averaging a three for me. I don't like the dude's work. We've yeah, established this. Yeah. That'll take us on in Nightwing number forty-five. Benjamin Percy writing, Christopher Mooneyham on the art, uh, continuing this phantasm plot with the the, the VR tech that's just going about. Uh, Nightwing having a weird wait a minute did I have sex with Babs last night Babs is there in the morning he's confused what's happening uh, also dead bodies in the river and the realisation of course that Babs is not actually Babs this is the the, the, the tech messing with him uh, and I enjoyed that they actually dealt with that really quickly where he phones Babs and he's like hey, about last night and she's like last night what yeah, you're being weird you weirdo but we do yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I, I like that they dealt with that really quickly. And he, when he gets back, he's like, "Wait, how are you here already?" So, he's like, so then he like questions. He's like, "Hey, how did the thing with you know Croc go?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And like, "Ah, who are you? Yeah. Get in my apartment." I did like that. I did like Killer Croc has a Pomeranian for a pet. That's yep. hilarious. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was amazing. Um, this this issue, I I like Nightwing and I like Percy. I did not like this issue. Oh, it's Matt's turn to it's, be negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't big on last issue either. That's true. No, that's true. I'm I'm not digging the art, and normally, uh, Mooneyham I'm fine with when it's a pulpier like Five Ghosts, like it works. I just feel with all the techie stuff, it just it's starting to look like JRJR to me, and that's not. It is JRJR-esque. I think it's got some really inventive layouts, especially stuff like you know the the, the title yeah. page with all the you know the the neural mm. download and all yeah. the circuits but, in his brain. I thought that was pretty inventive. As as for Percy, I don't like him turning Dick into a hipster. Where he's like, I bought a cell phone, but I put it in the drawer. And I don't listen to digital music. I got a turntable. Because you need to live in the moment. And I was just like, Dick, you're not that guy, man. Just... Uh, no, I agree with that. I I, I think I said yeah. this last issue as well. It's like, it felt a bit like... I, I never got the sense that he was that much of a technophobe. No. No, this is definitely a newer thing. Uh, it doesn't really bother me that much. But it's like, yeah, it's well, whatever. Just, it doesn't feel right. Like... And then when he goes to the to the oat, like I go to the gym three to four times a week, and if I had a trainer's like, no, I'm throwing kettlebells into the water and you have to go get them, I'm not going to that trainer anymore 
Because that's like, hey, that's not a workout. That's what that's dude signed up for. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'll have a problem with this. Nah, man. Nah, I, uh, uh. So, like, you're going to be a technophobe, but you're going to risk the dude. I just, it's weird. I don't What do those two things have dick. to do with each other? I just, I feel like dick. That's... You, you, the, the, the sentence you just said was, you're going to be a technophobe, but you're going to risk the dude. Like, as if they're related in no, any no, way. No, no, because, like, because the guy has all the robot stuff, right? Like, yeah. So he's using old fashioned, like, oh, I like to, you know, this is like a person, so go in there and save them. Like, it's not the time to be a technophobe when you're dealing with a dude that has a robot arm. You know what I mean? No, I see what you're saying. You you feel like so Dick's almost a little bit you know, prejudiced against him. A little bit, yeah. He's like, hey, here, go, go deal with this workout. You I didn't know? get that sense. Yeah, I'm not getting that from what you were saying in concept, yeah, but I didn't I get that feeling. I, I, I like Dex's problem with tech that to me doesn't seem like he's scared of the tech itself. It's more how people uh, interact with each other because of the tech, which, Ral- which I understand, which I almost agree with. But I don't feel like I don't. I do not get a me. single shred of evidence that he looks at this guy any differently because he has to have some tech in him to you know augment the fact that he's, he's no no he's an I, I, see, I'm, I'm a, it's, it's a little weird because i agree with with what matt's saying there it's weird that he's a technophobe like i get like he, he doesn't like the way people are you know communicating you know it changed yeah. society right so that's why it's got no mobile but the music thing is weird right uh you know and, and just some of it just doesn't line up i get you know okay he's always been a traditionalist he's always just had the sticks right but he he has tech in his visor all the time like that's always been an ongoing thing yeah, I, honestly, I just kind of brushed past the technophobe stuff. Like, I didn't really even like register. Well, but I think me. that's yeah. impossible when that's but a huge part of what this run is. Issue. This is this yeah. is what he's setting up. Is Dick is a technophobe? It, it is, but it's one of these weird things where I feel like every so often there'll be certain runs and characters, but they'll introduce like a new quirk to them just for the sake of the story they're telling. And more often than not, I was like, yeah, well, no one else ever mentioned this before. I, I just kind of brush past it. Like, I almost don't even take the information in. Oh, that's fair, but I think it, it, it completely neuters the story, right? If if that's the point, well, if it's if, if you're going, well, I don't well, agree with yeah, this character trait. But, but here's the thing, though, is that for me, this feels really pulpy in 90s, so I, I don't think there's much weight in the story anyway. For me, this is just like, oh, this is just what the pulpy story is. Rather than having this resonance knowing, no, of, like, you know, big character beats for Dick. Knowing, knowing what I know about Percy, I know this is going to set the foundation for him on the character going forward. So that's why I'm a little bit worried. But that said, he always went up to that line where it got to campy, like in Green Arrow. Like we, we in in the New Fifty Two, he was fighting werewolves, and uh, yeah, I was I perfectly think, fine with it. I think it's worth Here, though, that his first stuff with Green Arrow in in the New Fifty Two was a, you know a similar thing with the technology of you know it was the predicting crimes with the technology right. thing that he was against there, and and that played well for Ollie, but yeah. it, it doesn't really work for Dick. I don't think so, especially with this character Worm, that just came up and it's just it's weird. It, like Pete just said, it's very nineties. Oh, it's super nineties. So. I kind of like it in that way though. It's, it's, it's the pulpiness yeah. that's working for me. I also I like the scene after they find the body in the water. Uh, Dick just sort of like inches up behind Zvabada just to look over her shoulder, and I'm like, yeah. wait, she doesn't know your Nightwing. She's going to think this is like just some random dude. And sure enough, she turns around and goes, "Hey, six pack make pretty." Go away, this is a police <laughs> investigation. I was yeah. like, okay, that was kind of funny. I'm, I'm into it. Also, like, this book's not in danger of being dropped because it's Nightwing and I'm always going to read Nightwing no matter how it gets. Till Abdel starts writing but, a big gig on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> don't do that. And Tony more, more, on, yeah, more, more on, on Dick being misrepresented later in another book. But, uh, oh. yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm liking this the most out of his then. Oh, I, was, I, uh, I like it. I'm having fun with it. But I do yeah. agree that it's it's weird characterization for Dick. Um, I feel like... The, the technical part is, yeah, is kind of different and weird, but I feel like the other side of it is really on the money, though. Like, the, his kind of, like, insecurity of trying to, like, be on his own, and, like, he's the guy who asks for help, so he feels weird asking others for help, and there's a lot of other character traits in there that I think feel, feel very true to the character for me. No, I agree. And that, and, you know, the whole back-to-basics thing for him. Yeah. That stuff's working for me. So, overall, I'd say I enjoyed it. But the, the the tech being the focus is is dragging it down a bit for sure. Also, I'm I'm very glad that the uh, the the page from last issue that had like twenty panels, <laughs> like yeah. with Costadella. I'm glad that didn't happen again. That was yeah. my biggest complaint yeah. about the last issue. Uh, but um, it's obviously he's fighting the, the digital thing at the end, and he can't quite hit it, and he's kind of under siege now with the the fantasy thing. And the thing, the spider robot comes out of his mouth, and it's you know it's yeah. it's got all his information now. Yeah, he's, and he's been hacked. There's one scene as well with uh, basically someone wants these phantasm boxes in every single house, so they're giving them out for free. And this yeah. this gang tried to steal the shipment of them, and basically whoever's controlling this stuff through the phantasm just blows them up right there and then. Yeah. Because because yeah. the driver from the truck, he was just a delivery guy, he's just doing his job. He's like just he's like okay, I'm just going to hand them over. I don't want to get attacked. And he just he's like standing like oh shit. Yeah. How did the blow up? But I, I think it was just someone knew that we're doing this. Okay, right, boom, boom time. Yeah. So no, I, I guess we'll we'll rate Nightwing then. Um, Matt. Oh, this is a six. All right, Connor. I give it a seven. Mm, um, I think I'm more of a seven point five. I think. Uh, I think I liked that a bit more than Connor did, and obviously much more than Matt did because Matt wasn't as into yeah. it. Yeah. Like, again, it's not super terrible if you like it. I'm not going to fight you on it. I just, it's not my thing of Nightwing. Like, yeah. It's not a Nightwing I like to read. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move on then to Green Arrow number 41. Uh, Mirkard Scott is writing with Matthew Clark on the art. This is the two-part fill-in before we get to the new run by the Benson sisters. What's interesting here is this is the writer that's going to be taking over Batgirl uh, with issue 25. Uh, at least for an arc. Maybe, maybe ongoing, they're not really kind of specified. But, uh, so I was curious to read it for that sense. Just say, okay, so what's the Batgirl going mm. to be like for, you know, for six months? Yeah. And a little bit of time. Uh, the plot of this is that Oliver has been tasked with transporting Parasite uh, across country because, of course, Parasite can absorb powers from anyone it comes into contact with. So the theory yeah. is, send someone who doesn't have any powers to make it a... There's a logic to it. There is. There is. There is that logic, but Parasite also kills regular people that don't have powers. It, it does indeed. When he absorbs them. So they're just telling him, like, well, if he gets you, at least he's not going to be fully powered, Ollie. I, 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 do think, like I do think it's a fun idea for a plot. That said, when he said that, though, I couldn't help but think, what, Batman wasn't free? I mean... <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish I wish yeah. he would have said that. I wish he would have been like, well, I guess Batman's too busy. Yeah. That, that was, there was um, a joke to be made there, I think. So... I was worried about this because it's very narration box heavy, and we all know mm. I like narration boxes, but it's all very inner monologue-y, and I was worried at the beginning, but I feel like Scott nailed Ollie, so I was okay with most of them. Yeah, I, I actually I, I did enjoy the issue. 
Um, yeah. I think I'm liking this way more than the last two-parter from... Uh, yeah. uh, I can't remember the names. The, 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 the two some, the two act, two people act uh, the last couple. Ke- Kelly and Lansing? Yeah, you go, that's the one. Uh I think this. I think it's a more of a fun plot idea. I think that that whole children in that that country uh, who have you know yeah. rose up to become villains and heroes. I thought that was a yeah. bit forced uh, and overwritten. This to me felt more just a sort of traditional superhero story. You know, parasite breaks out because uh, was it mammoth spits on him, yeah, so he, absor- he absorbs the the strength from mammoth, and then you know well, hell breaks loose. And they almost do a, a job at making you feel bad for parasite because like he's withering. You can tell they haven't like properly fed him in forever. And mm-hmm. he's kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Catatonic. And then Mammoth spits on him and he absorbs Mammoth's essence, if you will, and becomes this big rampaging parasite monster, which leads to a riot in the prison and Ollie having to come into action. And we had a lot of cool action sequences. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. all of Reese Trickhouse. There's him sneaking into vents. There's I sharks did, biting off his boot. I did notice that the artist clearly doesn't want to draw feet. Yeah. Because it was after he loses the, the the boot to the shark, there's a couple of pages where it really obviously hides his foot, and it was really glaring. Like you know, he's half off off page for one panel. He's all oh, oh, that foot's behind the desk, and you know the rest of the issue you're seeing feet constantly. But you know, as soon as he loses that boot, it's like nope, we're hiding that. We don't want to draw that. I mean, I can't draw feet, so I'll. I'll, I'll well, not. no, yeah. I can't draw at all. But that's not the point. The point is, I felt. I, I mean, felt it's not nearly as. Bad as uh, Liefeld in his feet. So, mm. um, no, it was weird because when, when I thought, "Oh, is that his boot that he's lost?" and it was odd not seeing like the bare foot for like a couple of pages because I felt like it, we were going to show it. Felt really obviously yeah. hidden, and I think that was the problem. Is I felt them trying to hide it. Yeah, well, you felt the artist trying yeah. to hide it. I feel like uh, that's only the artist's fault. Oh, I wonder like, actually that- if, if if they drew the feet and then like the editor or the writer sort of went, "Hey, maybe." change that panel and take the foot out of it <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe it just wasn't very good yeah that's always a possibility um no nah, that was a fun it's, it's for, for a two-parter there's this villain uh, this is a fine little story yeah. you know yeah no, it uh it reminds me of that script that was going around like almost probably 10 years ago now called supermax that was going to be about oliver queen going in undercover mm. to the supermax prison and it was going to be basically the green arrow movie uh, it had a really cool concept, just never got off past the script level. Yeah. So I, I will say, as much as I just complained about that that art part there, uh, I do think mostly it's pretty good though. Uh, I really yeah. like the the use of the layout with the you know the the red and white target circles. Mm-hmm. I think that you know it, it's that's a yeah. recurring motif that I quite like, yeah. and I do like when he's in the vents, the shadows and the the green glow look really good. Yeah, the, the event stuff did look quite good. I agree with that. Um, I, I think the art for the most part it didn't blow me away, but it was kind of dependable. Yeah. yeah. Outside of the feet issue. So yeah. yeah. But like I say, I really like the the use of that uh target motif. They gave it some character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think it's fair. Yeah. I, I think if you're picking up these two issues, you know, if you're if you're not wanting to have a gap and you're picking up the fill ins because, you know, you're, you're gonna have the Benson's run. Yeah. I think this one next one uh uh is is a is well, a probably is safe. Nothing to be upset about having to buy them, is it, I guess no. what I'm saying. Uh and also fills me with a bit of hope that oh, you know, Batgirl should should be fun, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll rate Green Arrow 41. Uh, Matt, what are you giving it? Um, maybe this one an 8. Okay, I'm going to go with a... Uh, I'm going to go with more of a straight 7. I think it's good. I think it's great, but I think it was a solid fun. Like, if, if this is what a fill-in... If this, is, if, this, if this was the bottom end of a fill-in, 
I'd be ecstatic with fill-ins forever. Of course, that's not the case. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree with a, a solid seven. But I think I am hopeful for for Batgirl because you know this is only a two-issue fill-in. There's only so yeah. much you can do, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, so we will move on then to Deathstroke number 32. Christopher Priest writing Carlo Pugilain on the art. Uh, we have Deathstroke after, uh, uh, what is it, the Human Dynamo. And that's his next assassination attempt. Batman is trying to stop him. And then we flash back. So some action with them chasing after him. Deathstroke's got a flying car. Because, uh, you know, comics. And... We flash back to kind of the setup for this and why why you know Batman said, "Oh no, I'm going to shut down all your targets. They're all in protective custody," uh, and we kind of get to this and it, you know, Deathstroke's with Talia and he's like, "Ah, you're telling me the truth. You're lying to Batman and your, your father, but you're telling me the truth about Damien." Uh, and you know, we're kind of playing with that that mystery still of if, whether or not he's the real father, and ultimately. Uh, it's this big action scene, and it turns out that the Dynamo, the Dynamo, the Dynamo, if I say it properly, uh, he actually took the, the the hit out on himself. He wants basically assisted suicide. Yeah. yeah, he wants to go out fighting a villain. Yeah, and you know, you know, blaze of glory and all that. But Batman, of course, is is uh, skeptical about this. He doesn't. He's still not okay with this. Uh, is he? He tries to take him to the to the watchtower. Yeah, he gets the. The, the 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 beam to come in and take them away. Um, this was all right. Um, that, that didn't set my world on fire. I like a lot of the ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it's one of the clunkier issues that we've had. I have priest fatigue. I just I don't remember anything that's going on from issue to issue anymore. Uh, there's always. He always drops you right in the middle of whatever's going yeah. on, you know. So it makes it hard to like what happened in the last one, and then the ending. I am not a fan of this ending. I feel uh, like I, it I, reminds I me of what he's. It reminds me of what he had said about Dick Grayson, and it's mm. like, well, if you don't like Dick Grayson, then stop putting him in the, the books that you're using, please. Um, That's fair. I, I think there's only one little bit that I don't like from from the, the dick stuff, and it's a line right at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just for context, the, the, what we're referring to here is this weird... Because we had this in the first issue of the arc where you had interviews. The, the interviews with uh, Jericho and Dick. Uh, Dick being dressed as Robin and Jericho. Yeah. They're talking about their, their fathers, if you will. Um, no. Whether well, well, literal or otherwise. Um, and at the end of this, we see Dick, that like, he takes off his mask, it switches to colour. Um, and it turns out this is a video that Damien's watching. Yep. So Damien's coming to play next issue. Which uh, you know, like... which makes sense to me because, I mean, this is a story about Damien essentially. It's you know, it's the it's the Batman Deathstroke fighting over him. Yeah. There was one random page in the middle where there was a scene with Damien that I felt was really kind of awful. He yeah. was a bit younger, yeah. and it was his face, his lips, especially. It was... I think. Well, yeah, and it was I think meant to be from that first Morrison arc from Batman and son where yeah. he's, he's coming straight from the Al Ghouls and they're like, you have to deal with them now. Um, it felt really shoehorned well, into me. Um, yeah, that scene. Uh, I agree. That, that so, did. Uh, the, the one line I really didn't like from Dick that was right at the start where, you know, he says, you know, he's talking about what the Robin outfit means and, you know, uh, you know, the, the bright colors and made him a target. And, you know, and then he says, you know, I worked hard to earn it and then you took it all away. Which I was like, okay. At the start of the issue, I was like, okay, because I don't know who he's talking to. But 
and I get to the end and it's Damien. I'm like, really? Okay, that doesn't so, seem right. I'm a huge fan of Damien and, and Dick's relationship. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were the best pair of Batman and Robin we've had in a good long while, just because how they offset each other. Mm-hmm. So this coming from Dick just doesn't well, that's make the thing. any sense. I don't think it is Dick now. Because when I saw it was him and the Robin suit the first issue, I assumed, oh, this is from the past. This is like a weird meta thing where yeah. it's Dick as Robin at that age talking about Batman. But now that it's a video that Damien's watching in present day, I'm like, okay, well, Dick looks younger here. He's not, like, he wouldn't be recording this for Damien. Yeah. I feel like this is, I don't know. It would it <laughs> made more sense coming from Tim, but that's not Tim. Joe, you know I think is worth noting is throughout the issue, uh, you no know, Deathstroke's talking. It's like, yeah, Bruce Wayne's probably Batman. Maybe uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, right? But if yeah. he's got that, he can probably link Dick to 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 Robin, right? Yeah, pretty easily. So could he have been setting this up? Is this part of a plan that we have not you know yet to see? I right. just I don't understand what the thing is if. Like I don't actually think they're changing his parentage, but why? Why would Deathstroke? That's what I'm not following. That's why I have priest fatigue. Uh, what What's the end game here of Damien not being Bruce's and being Slade's? I think, assuming this is a plan from Talia, uh, I think the the ploy is to kind of turn him back against Batman and you know have her back on the the side of the Al Ghuls, you know, embrace that darker side of him. If that's the plan, you know, because Deathstroke will nourish that darker side to him for her, so that he'll kind of fill that. He's purpose. terrible with children. Oh, absolutely. So the, even if that's the case, why not just get like she could clone another one, and we've seen her do it before. So yeah. like here. Is that is that something that comes out of the the Wayne.exe that we see uh, get initiated? That's a good point. Yeah. Is that where this footage comes from? It and might so, well be. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on the verge of dropping this. I just I was enjoying it really early on, and I'm just again I think I'm just burned out on Priest right now. I, I have to admit, I I I actually have no idea what happened in the last issue of this. I can't remember. Me neither. I I remember the I first part of the story way better. Last issue, issue? I, c- I couldn't tell you what happened in it. Me neither. That's fair. So, did you, you remember it, Connor? Yeah. I'm struggling. I'm, uh, no, I, I'm agreeing. That's... I'm just thinking. <laughs> like, you know, the, the problem, though, I have is, or not problem, but just to, to offset that, is when I'm reading this, I didn't feel like, oh, what happened last issue? I'm not going, oh, where were we? Because it drops no. you in, in a new event each time and, you know, and flashes back to the relevant right. information, I didn't feel like I was missing by not remembering the specifics of last issue. Well, I don't, mm. feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing anything, but what I feel is he's throwing so much out there that when we can't remember the issue previous, mm. then it's, it's kind of a problem because he's That's not taking fair. time to touch on or giving stuff time to breathe. A, a, a recap page would be helpful, I agree. Yeah, I'd love that in all the books, to be honest. But when it was, yeah, when it was going, you know, twice a month, you didn't really notice it. No, no, I agree. Since it since it has switched to monthly, it has been a a little bit harder to remember all the things because we read so many comics in a month that uh, between the two issues, there's there's a lot that that, you know we we fill in that. Honestly, I I remember because I wasn't reading it at first, and I caught up. And I think I enjoyed the first chunk of it more because I read it in a binge. I read it all pretty close together, yeah. back to back. 
I think the longer I've been reading it monthly, the less I've been enjoying it because mm. it's getting harder and harder to kind of keep track of what's going on. I think the Defiance art was pretty fun and there was a lot of stuff yeah. going on. There was a lot of yeah. other characters. Um, I feel like this arc, though, well, it had a really strong start. Uh, this issue and last issue weren't as strong. Yeah, I agree. There, I again, mean, I like there, this stuff. Go ahead. There, there are still things I really like, like, you know, when it gets to the end and it's revealed that, you know, he took the contract out on himself because he wanted to go out in the blaze of glory and, you know, Deathstroke just shoots him. It's like, no, I, I'm not respecting that. That's not what the job was. The job was just to kill you. Right. And you know, he's just like, yeah, okay, that's done, dealt with. And he, he just, it's so cold and uncaring about it. I like that stuff. Uh, no, I liked, I liked the stuff with, with Batman stopping him. I like the, the idea of Seven Waynes. So we don't even know which one is the real Bruce Wayne. Like, I think that's interesting, but I don't feel we spend enough time on it. Uh, and, like, I could care less what's on the Wayne.exe. And, like, I don't think, like, we always talk about stakes, like, in movies and whatnot. But I know he's still going to be Bruce's son, however this shakes out. So, like, there's no doubt. He's always going to be Robin. It's not like he's going to become Kid Deathstroke. So, uh. That's fair. I, I do have to question as well at the end. Why does Damien have a fidget spinner? Because he's fidgety. Yeah, but he's got swords uh, it, for that. Yeah, but... <laughs> no. It, it makes sense. If any kid's going to have an annoying fidget spinner, it's Damien Wayne. He's fidgety. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have to admit, this was like... Outside of Wonder Woman Annual, which we're getting to in a minute... This was the last. You know, this was the second last thing I read. Right. This was, you know, I, I, this was not in my. You know, Wednesday no. came. I read Justice League. I read Man of Steel. I read Batman. Uh, I read Nightwing. And then I read, you know, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. And Green Arrow was maybe later than it would have been because it was a film, and I wasn't sure. Like, you know, yeah. Green yeah. Lanterns. But like, no, it was like when I when I came to like, okay, what have I got left today? And the day of recording, what have I put off till till today to read? And it, you know, Deathstroke was one of those books, and it's kind of. But in that that realm for was, a while, I, I will agree it was the last of the regular books. I I, I left the the two fill-ins till last, knowing they were yeah. fill-ins. But out of all the regular writer ones, it was definitely uh, the the last thing I had. Yeah, mm. so patience are a little bit weak on it right now. I mean, I don't, know, I don't want to make any excuses. We'll see. I mean, if week one, which is when Deathstroke's on, gets busier with other things, and it might uh that th that may be what pushes me to like, maybe drop it. But right now, I, I don't feel right now. It's not a huge week. Yeah. Uh, but I think Catwoman's a week one book when that starts. So I mean, right, okay. you know. well, I'm about to have an opening, so I won't drop Deathstroke right now. But... See how you feel come next. Well, it's only next month, actually. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But here, um, all right. So uh, we'll read the book actually before we move on. Uh, Connor. Yeah, uh, six point five. I think it's a, a bit messy, but I like the ideas and weird Damien in the middle aside. I, I like the art. Matt. 5.5. I'm actually going with a straight 5. I'm kind of middling on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, not, not, not high scores all around for Deathstroke. Uh, we're going to on to our last book of the week, uh, which is the Wonder Woman Annual Number 2, James Robinson writing with uh, Mark Laming and Fraser Irving on the art. Uh, my first thought is, you got Fraser Irving to do a book at DC right now, and you wasted him on the Wonder Woman Annual. Are you? Yeah, mad? that is that is a shame. Because you know, I'd in, forgotten he was on it, right? And I was reading the book, and it was the regular art at first. They they kind of split it up by like whenever it goes to these flashbacks or these more mystical mm -hmm. moments, it switches to Irving. And when it switched to Irving, I was like, "Oh my god, this looks amazing!" I forgot that he was on this. Give, give me Irving on Clarion. 
Give me Irving yes. on Etrigan. Give me Irving on... I'm trying to think of something that's not magical, but that's big, grand scope. Give me him on the fourth world. Yeah, no, I, I haven't obviously read this issue, but I, so I haven't seen the art in question. But I, I think Matt Lamb is usually... Yeah, I quite like him. He's, he's oh, solid. he's fine. He's fine, but he's he's, he's more he's like he's closer to like a house style, I suppose. He's more normal, if, if that makes right, sense. Right. Well, Irving, yeah. you, you, he does the dark stuff so well. It's the dark yeah. with the blotches, and it's it's very almost uh, transcendent. So scratchy. What when when I think of Dormammu from uh, over at Marvel, I think of Fraser Irving stuff. Mm. But here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I think I would even nominate Aquaman as a good fit for him because yeah, I can see uh-huh. like the darks of the water and like you know having the splotchy kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of Basically, potential. Basically, I just Give want him on a horror book. Put him on Justice League Dark. Oh yeah, horror book. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, anything that's horror, anything that's set in space or underwater, anything that deals with that kind of. Uh, oh my god! Image. Fraser Irving on on Green Lantern Corps. Like. I mean, Luke Sharp's doing it, but yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, a good no, I'll, I'll take him on a Hellblazer book. Yeah. So, yeah, Star Sapphire Wait. showed up and grabbed Wonder Woman at the end of last issue. Turns out one of the Dark Gods is on is on. Uh, what's the planet that Star Sapphire's on? I've forgotten. <clears throat> Zamorin. There you go, Zamorin. There you go. Because of the Zamarians. So it's easy also to remember. I'd forgotten the name, and I asked. Obviously, when she once I knew it was Zamorin, I knew the Zamarians came from it. Yes, very good. Thank you for that. I'm say, sorry, I'm just salty because um, I well, don't drink a salt at me, Matt. Sorry, sorry. I'm so mad about the hockey loss. <laughs> and this book was a waste of freaking time. Oh. I don't care about the dark gods. I don't like that they tied the dark gods into the dark multiverse. I don't. I'm over. I'm over the Robinson on Wonder Woman. I'm done. Hey, this is it. I oh, can't dear. take it anymore. You've only got like, like two, three issues left, I right? Don't care. I dropped. I dropped Liddell Superman with four issues to go. So, like before John's, I did not stick it out. I'm not sticking this one out. I just I can't. This annual was terrible. Does that mean I'm done too? I think so, Pete. I made the decision for nice. you. Nice, nice. I. So I like the idea of Wonder Woman as this image of love. And because that, that's her mission, right? She wants to spread goodwill and love. And she was the avatar during the Blackest Night. And the Zamorans are cool. Like, I want to see a cool interaction between the two. Oh, man. But, see that first panel? See, see when it's, they're explaining the story of when they tried to fight the, the dude from within yeah. the, the statue? In that first panel of all the, the Zamorans or the Star Sapphires, like, beaming their, their, their light yeah. uh, in the clouds... That is like such a beautiful part. Like, that's the thing. I don't. I don't think I hated this issue as much as you because the art on those pages is great. It's so freaking good. I I understand that this happened in the annual, but I don't. It made me care about the dark gods less. Because I'm just like, oh well, if she can just go and why why'd they attack Zamoran? And just yeah, so well, no, they attacked Zamoran because they wanted one on Zamor to. To lure Wonder Woman away from Earth so that Earth would be undefended. Even though there's an entire freaking Justice League on there that should probably be showing but that, up. But that's it. But if she prayed for them, as we find out, then they should appear no matter what. Like, I just don't get it. Now, 
honestly, like, I don't think it's a terrible issue. It's, it's kind of just, it feels like a weird filler issue, but, but it has very nice art, right? It's just, it feels like a real tangent in the story just so we can have an annual. But, like I said, the Irving art is gorgeous. Honestly, my biggest problem, and it's kind of a nitpick, but this really bugged me, is after, because one of them was like, no, I need to go back to Earth, the Dark Gods are there, I need, I need to go and help Earth, and they're like, no, technically there's a Dark God here too, so if you're responsible for the Dark Gods, you're also responsible here. And she's like, okay, fair enough. When she agrees to help them, she's like, well, if I'm going to stay and help you guys, I should probably look the part. And then they, they give her like a, a star Sapphire uniform, and she's got a ring, yep. and I'm like, but why do you have to look the part? Why? Yeah. It was so clunky, it was just like, oh, we want an excuse to draw you as a star, 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 yeah, a star yep. Sapphire for an issue, Here's a stupid reason. I was like, like give us, give her why? trying to attack. Yeah, no, give her trying to attack the thing first as classic Wonder Woman, and whatever happens, the 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 lasso doesn't work for whatever reason. So she's like, well, let me get one of those rings. Let me see if this works. I just I don't know. attack this dark god of love. Why she have metal. the pink outfit? And like, if you want to give me a reason, then give me a reason. But this was just, oh, I might as well look the part. Why? It's kind of Robinson's run in a nutshell. <laughs> it's just why. Um, and I'll Jason, say, why? It's swapping between two arts, obviously, a lot throughout the book. Yeah. I think most of it works, though. Um, oh, I just I yeah, love yeah, the yeah. I love the shot of uh, uh, the 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 dark multiverse planet. At one point, there's a two page layout and there's like a big sort of landscape view of this dark planet. Looks beautiful. You know what? I think I'm gonna have to just go to the comic shop and flick through this just to see the art. You should. You should. Yeah. Uh, Every time it switched artists, I thought the change worked because of the context of what was happening. The only time it didn't was the final time it changes back to the regular art. It's when Wonder Woman's getting her ass kicked, and then all the uh, the Star Sapphires show up to help. And it switches back to the regular art, but it's still the same fight, so that felt like a jarring change to me in the art. Whereas every other time before that, it felt justified, and you know, the, the, either it was shifting yeah. to a flashback, or it was shifting to... Like, the big fight with Wonder Woman and the bad guy, so it was like it got like more metaphysical, so that's why it got more you know, ethereal in the yeah. art, I guess, if you want to call it that way. Um, so the last switch back I thought was a bit weird. And then ultimately it's like, okay, I helped you guys, send me back to Earth, okay, we'll send you back, come back for issue 48. <laughs> or not. Or not. Well, then they start God too, and they say he's he's powered by love, but a darker version of love, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like, yeah, they explain it as... He looks for the impurity, so if you've got love in you, he finds where, oh, but you're fueled by jealousy, or you're fueled by, you know, lust or whatever, yeah. like, and he'll corrupt that part of it, yeah. So, that... Makes uh, us. I don't think this was, by any means, any of the worst that Robinson's had, and I think maybe that's just because the art was elevating it, and there was no Jason. No, There's but... not a single moment of Jason in this entire run, it's great. Yeah, but it was an <laughs> annual, and it was double-sized, and I just, I didn't want to be reading it. Like... That's also fair. That's also fair. Uh, actually, what I think, what I think for comparison's sake, I read this soon after Green Lanterns. I think the fact that Green Lanterns was such a slog, and by comparison, this was much later on the I dialogue. Think... I was like, "Oh, this is this is going quick. This is it's, great." It's better because it was relative to something. Yes, else. yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I do think it's a better book all around than Green Lanterns was. Yeah, but not by much because I mean, at least the Fraser Irving art and the regular art's fine. I just. You were talking in, in the Green Lantern section about how if you don't care about the story, then good art's mm -hmm. not going to save it. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. how I felt through this entire book. I was just like, I don't care. 
Yeah. Well, I, well specifically, I said uh, if I hate the writing, the art won't save it. Here, the writing is not necessarily terrible because there's not too much of it. It's, it's quite, you know, it works. It's functional. It functions in what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, so it, it doesn't annoy me as much. But yeah, it's, it still feels kind of worthless overall. It feels like a tangent yeah. to the main thing. But when it's just more of the same of what I've been getting that I've been tired of already. Oh, sure. Then it's, yeah, it's yeah. just ramping up. I can't, so, be, yeah, I'm, I can't be too harsh, I, though, if I'm rating that. Like, I feel like it's kind of like a 5.5. Like, the art elevates it enough to a 5.5 for me. It's a 5. It's I did enjoy it more than Green Lanterns, but... Yeah, I, I'm just done with Wonder Woman right now. I need to take a break from Robinson. That dude's maddening. I don't care if there's two issues left. Three well, issues. That's... So, Pete, are, you, are you sticking out alone for the last couple, or are you taking the easy way out with Matt? Because you, like... you did say when he dropped it, you would. Yeah, but I like how you phrased that. The easy way out. Is, is that if what? you're trying to goad me into it? How dare you, sir? No, I, 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 if I'm not talking to someone about it, I'm not reading that. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Good answer. I'll come back. Uh, well, not, um, I I have the the the. Uh, if I have the courage. Do we come back for Orlando or not? To start start Orlando's issue, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll read the first issue. I'll read the. All first right, one. okay, we'll read the first issue but, of Orlando um, and see how it is, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, um, it sucks because I want to read. I want to enjoy Wonder Woman. I just, oof. At least Orlando's only one arc, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe um, we can get someone better after yeah, that. Yeah, then they announced Jodie Hauser. We can all get excited. It'll be fun. And then, you know, go from yeah, there. Sure. So that will take us on to the uh, the best stuff of the week. Uh, I'm not going to lie here, but we'll be, we'll be full, full disclosure. Uh, we actually recorded this last part of the show already. And then, well, we went through that part. We, we then realized we weren't recording that last 10, 15 minutes. No, you weren't recording. You can see it on the screen. You can Your see if I record or not, right? So I'm not taking full responsibility for it. So we actually already picked our favourites. So if we get through this quickly, as if we you know we didn't have to think about it, that's why, because we just did it already. <laughs> so, you know, weird ending. There was also a whole section where we talked about how good Immortal Hulk number one was and how we recommended it. It was a good horror book and Hulk was, you know, built up as an element of fear. It was this presence. Go read that. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, at the sake of... Was, was... Was the well, part where we said, oh yeah, we didn't do the unexpected? Was that in the part that we just didn't record? Yes, that was the joke that I started off yeah. that part with. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So. yeah. Yep. no unexpected. I just, I just wanted to make sure that you know, it was really clear that we, we really didn't give a shit about the unexpected. Yes, no, we didn't give a shit about the unexpected. Because right. we went into all the Marvel place. books that we read this week and tried. And... Yeah, yes, we went into yeah. like, the Marvel number ones. Carl talked about the other Marvel number ones that I didn't try. Me and, and... Mac talked about Sword Daughter. Yeah. yeah, that that was happened. I don't know the, the section that never was. Um, you, you can you can hit us up on Twitter if you really want the details. Yes, but Immortal Hulk number one, do do try it. It's good. Anyway, uh, so yeah, best stuff of the week, best panel slash moment, best art, best cover, uh, top five of the week. So this will be quicker than normal because we did just do this yep. already, and now we're just recounting it for for the audience's sake. Uh, so best panel slash moment. Uh, Mines was from Justice League. It was uh, John Jones in the space with the giant space alien head in front of him. Really yeah. beautiful and epic. So there you go, Connor. I, I wanted that one, but Pete got there first and stole it, like I knew he was going to. So I went with John Jones as a moon dragon because that was awesome. And Matt surprising absolutely no one. Yep, Man of Steel. Uh, Doc Shaner drawing Superman, beating up a robo gorilla. Piloted by Toy Man, Overco City. That's for me. Cool. What's next? 
Best covers next. I yep. debated repeatedly about the Justice League cover versus the Batman cover, and ultimately went with the Batman cover with uh, Joker with the the chess pieces. Uh, uh, and I particularly mentioned that I like the detail that the the chess pieces were Bat characters, like Batgirl and Nightwing and stuff. I, I think that's really cool. So I, I went with that. Connor. Yeah, I, I had a, a couple of options. Uh, I debated between the Justice Leagues, a nice composition, the the Deathstroke variant of Francesca Mattina, which is uh, fantastic, and the, the Green Lanterns variant I thought was pretty nice. Uh, but ultimately, I, I went with Deathstroke. Yeah. Uh, I went with Justice League because I like the way it looks. <laughs> That's exactly what you said last time as well. There it was is. no change there. No. That was, that was the whole thing last time. I like how yeah. it looks. Uh, so that is like the best art of the week. And Janin for me, uh, well, Janin for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we all I want to to Shainer for half of Man of Steel, but that's not allowed. So. Yeah. And I also so. said that if Irving did all of the Wonder Woman annual, oh. that might have won. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I did say, even though my, my slight issue that I had in Batman with the art with the cross, it wasn't enough to ruin the art overall compared to. Oh, you know, that's right. We else. lost my good bit about making fun of Connor that we had to listen to his whole complaint for five minutes and then he turned, out, yeah. turned around and picked that art anyway like one complaint does not mean it ruins the whole it's not, it's not that it was one complaint complaining about his complaint so fun yeah. times. it was five minutes of that complaint that's that's the that's what i'm pretty, pointing i out. mean it was a pretty glaring error but still better out than anyone else overall <laughs> and then matt can complain about me complaining about connor complaining oh, yeah, he's just done that yeah. <laughs> all right top five books of the week um connor yeah so justice league I'm trying to remember what I did. Uh, <laughs> Justice League, Nightwing, Green Arrow. Those were the ones that I, uh, I'm really into. And then I struggled because I'm like, you know, I'm not super hot on the rest of them. So I went with Deathstroke and then Batman. And I did say Immortal Hulk would have been number two if I was slotting that in. Matt. Yeah, so Man of Steel, Justice League, Batman, Green Arrow, and Nightwing. But I don't feel good about having to put Nightwing there. Cool. Um, I had Justice League at number one, despite the fact that I rated it higher, because uh, it does it's more exciting than it's and it's building up to a lot of stuff. So it's, it's left me with that spark. So that's why it's number one. Um, and then Batman at number two, Man of Steel at number three, Nightwing at number four, Green Arrow at number five. And as like Connor said, I'd probably have a Mortal Hulk at two or three uh, if I was slotting that in. Again, I just want to you know really express oh how good that was. So you know. There you go. Uh, so that is the top fives, which leads me to tell you what's coming out next week. And if it feels like we're rushing to this part a little bit, it's because we just did it already. Yeah. yeah, and it lasted like we're 15 minutes. So, you know, and we're all hungry. So I'll, I'll be a bit quick about it. I gotta clean the house because CM Punk's fighting in UFC again tonight. So, Well, look in the bright side, Matt. You can watch that fight and then have time to do all of your taxis afterwards. Yeah, well... Wait, what? I just well, picked something that usually takes a long time. I know it's not the appropriate time of year to be cracking that joke. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, I don't get it. The, the joke was, was is that CM Punk that... didn't last a minute the last time he tried to fight yeah, the yeah, UFC. Yeah, that's what I was saying, that she's saying that we're preparing for a second funeral. And right, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so what's coming next week then? Coming next week is Man of Steel number three. Uh, we got yeah. Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Batgirl vs. Riddler number one. We have three, well, well not three number ones. I, I won't count Titans special. Although it's kind of a number one in that it's the start of the new era of the Titans with the new roster. Yeah. And then in terms of number ones, we have Hawkman number one and we have Plastic Man number one. Uh, Hawkman being an ongoing, Plastic Man being a mini. Those will be interesting. We'll check those out. Uh, also next week we have Detective Comics 982. This is the fill-in before uh, Brian Hill's 
uh, arc with the outsiders set up. Uh, not that it, I mean, I'm loving how much he's joking on Twitter. Every time someone asks him, he, he keeps like, coming up with witty responses that, where he can't yeah. admit that that's what it is. Yeah. So my favorite one is there's an outside chance. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. There was one where there was one where he was treating uh, so, someone who was asking him questions like, "Are you a cop? Are you an arc? Is that what you are?" Like you know, he was, just, he, was just, he was having fun with it. It was it was good stuff. Uh, and then we have Wonder Woman forty eight. Oh no, we don't. We've dropped that. Yeah, I successfully made that mistake last time. No, I successfully skipped over that last time, but I wasn't thinking about it this time because it's round two. Because you would Uh, remember what you have got that you didn't have on your list. So we have the Telecom's Night Two. We have the Flash Forty Eight, the next part of Flash War. We have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number forty-six. We have the Return of Mister Miracle with number nine. Uh, We have the final issue of New Superman in the Justice League of China with number twenty-four, and we have Sideways number five, which Matt will also be reading next time because he cut up. That's right, and I'm not reading Wonder Woman. Yes. The previously established, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yes, if that was a weird outro section, it's because it was the second time, uh, and it's kind of weird to do it and pretend we have the same thought process. So that's why we're just admitting we did it already. I didn't press record like an idiot. So the last ten minutes of the show or our second take. The first, all, all the book reviews were all the first take. That wasn't redone. You're fine with those. Just this yeah. last little chunk after the Wonder Woman review. So. Uh, but that's us. So get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. You can get me on Twitter individually at Wibble89. You can get Connor at ConnorRyan94. You can get Matt at MattofSteel57. Go over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the podcast and support what we do here. Uh, you get various things there. There's a monthly episode that me and Connor do about a, a, a collection or a trade or a graphic novel. Uh, there's the Peter's Pillbox, which is a sort of individual thing I do where it's an audio only show where every week I'll talk about a, an issue of a run that I'm working through. Um, and then there's bonuses for the other shows we do. And of course there is the, the higher tiered stuff like Connor's Corner where you can pay quite a bit of money to make Connor read a book once a month. Uh, two people uh, take part in that right now and that's fun. And one <laughs> one person takes part in my equal like, punishing tier because I have to read a certain thing this month. I'm not happy about it. What do you have to read? I suppose I should reveal it, shouldn't I? We're on, we're on the show now. Yes. I'll be reading Hawk and Dove number one from the New 52. Art by Rob Layfield. <laughs> That looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> man, I've never felt more like Jax in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. I uh, hate you. Tyler as well. hate you, Tyler. It's your fault. Uh, um, good job, Tyler. So, yeah, that, that's just coming up this, this month. So, that is that is the show. That's the show. Um, that's all the things. What do I usually say? Like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you thought of the books. Whether it be yeah. on Twitter, in the comments, on the YouTubes, or elsewhere. Uh, all of that's all of that's good stuff. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. We love you loads. Keep reading DC Comics, and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> uh...